0: Grant Edwards 88.1 FM The Wireless
1: A better business tip from TNT Radio News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. 88.1
0: FM The Wireless Weather
2: Well good morning and welcome along to the show 5 minutes past 5 another wonderful day here in good old New Zealand and uh, well let's look at the forecast shall we well the extremes first of all it looks as though Wangarei 20.4 degrees for you today good on you uh, Twizel, 5.4 degrees, a little bit cooler there, isn't it? Uh, Castle Point is always the windy place, isn't it? 35 kilometres, not too bad, 35 kilometres of wind per hour. Uh, Whittayanga, they've got 1.4 millimetres of rain falling at the moment. Uh, the temperature's right across the main centres. Uh, we've got Stewart Island on 12 degrees. Chatham's has really cooled off by about 10 degrees today. 8 degrees, it is it was 18, I think, yesterday, wasn't it? Well... Oh, Pretty much so, 18 degrees. Now it's down to 8. Invercargill and Dunedin are both on 12 degrees. Queenstown has 10 degrees. France Joseph, 11 degrees. Uh, We've got 13 degrees at Westport and 14 at Nelson. We've also got uh, 12 degrees across at Blenheim. Christchurch is on 11 and Timberoo is 8 along with the Chatham Islands. In the North Island, uh, down at the bottom there in Wellington, the Wasp Nest, 13 degrees there, 14 degrees in Masterton. Napier has uh, 19 degrees. Palmerston North, 17. New Plymouth, 18. Taupo and Rotorua on uh, 14 for Taupo, and Rotorua's got 17 degrees. Uh, Gisborne, 18. Tauranga, 20 degrees. Hamilton, 16. Auckland, 20. And Whangarei, top of the pots there, 21 degrees, pretty much 21 degrees and 19 in Kaitaia. The short forecast for all New Zealand valid until midnight tonight. And what are we up to today? Thursday, is it? Yes. Not oh, Wednesday. No, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, for the North Island, Auckland and uh, North and rather Auckland, Coromandel Peninsula. Partly cloudy weather with isolated showers. Uh, in Waikato to Taranaki, including the Bay of Plenty and also Central High Country. Mainly fine weather, isolated showers becoming widespread for a time this afternoon with thunderstorms possible inland. The Gisborne and Hawke's Bay and also the Waiarapa, mainly a bit of rain actually, morning rain in Gisborne, otherwise mostly cloudy with isolated showers. Long fine breaks uh, from late morning, and then thunderstorms possible inland in the afternoon. Wanganui to Wellington also for the Marlborough Sounds, uh, you know, the, not just the sounds but all the Marlborough, Marlborough area. Uh, generally fine weather, scattered showers about inland Whanganui... Uh, What have they got? Oh oh, they've made a mistake. Oh no, I've made a mistake. (laughs) Oh and Lane Wonganui and then Manawa too. I used to read it beforehand, does not it? But I didn't have time. Uh, Manawatu to, in the afternoon. What have I got? i better start that again. Wanganui to Wellington also for Marlborough. Uh, you've got generally fine weather. Scattered showers about inland Wanganui to Manawatu this afternoon. So there we are. Nothing about Marlborough at all. It, that's, what, that's what confused me. Nelson to Buller and also Westland. Partly cloudy with isolated showers. Turning to rain in Nelson and Buller at night. Queenstown Lakes in central Otago. Mostly fine. Uh, cloud in the east this evening, and Canterbury, the remainder of uh, Otago and uh, Southland, also Fiordland, you've got uh, cloudy periods with one or two showers. At the Chatham Islands, partly cloudy today. The extended forecast for Thursday for the North Island, showers becoming widespread south of Waikato, possibly heavy, uh, easing in the, in the evening. Uh, south Island tomorrow, you've got rain and, and showers in the north and then the west, possibly heavy with some showers elsewhere as well. On Friday, looking ahead to Friday, for the North Island, partly cloudy with isolated showers north of Taihape, and uh, early showers for Wellington and Kapiti, mainly fine for Hawke's Bay and Gisborne. In the South Island on Friday, rain in the west with heavy falls, a few showers in the south, partly cloudy elsewhere with isolated showers. On Saturday in the North Island, partly cloudy, a few showers north of Taihape, isolated showers in Wellington and Horafonua, also Kapiti coast, and in the South Island on Saturday you have got rain easing for Buller and Nelson, showers easing in the south and west, mainly fine elsewhere. The extended forecast for the Chatham Islands, mostly cloudy on Thursday and all the way through to Saturday, chance of a shower on Friday as a northerly strengthen. There we are. That is the uh, weather for you today and uh, so welcome along to the program. It's uh, great to, um, great to have you here.
1: From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live.
0: You're listening to Grant Edwards, 88.1 FM, the
2: wireless,
0: the world at five.
2: Would you call your... Oh, I don't know about that. That's a bit long. I'm getting a bit tired of that. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm definitely getting tired of it. I think we might might give it a miss altogether.
3: Price is easy if the promise is clear and powerful. But the price seems almost too much to pay, too much to get over, too much to accomplish. If the promise isn't clear, if the promise isn't powerful, we will pay the most extraordinary disciplines if we can see the promise of the future called setting goals. So I'm asking you to get a handle on the future. I'm asking you not to leave it to anyone else. Don't leave it to the company. Companies company's got their own goals. I'm asking you to set your own goals, your personal goals, income goals and financial goals and health goals and spiritual goals and where do you want to go and what do you want to do and what do you want to see and what do you want to be. That's it. Promise of the future.
2: Design yep. your own future. Absolutely. 11 minutes past 5, and it's just what we need for this hour of the morning to um, get us up and rearing to go and get the coffee down you and whatever it else is you have. I don't know how people can survive without coffee, frankly. Let's look at the news, and uh, I'm over at Radio New Zealand at the moment, and um, I sort I started doing things a little bit different this morning. Uh, Giving I want to give you a wee bit more detail instead of just the headlines. So I've tried to sort of do a bit of cut and pasting and put it on a on a word document. So hopefully that this will um, be a wee, wee bit better for you. Uh, this story by Radio New Zealand, uh, Auckland water provider Watercare is defending a social media post encouraging women to take shorter showers. And rightly so. <laughs> and other users, they have, they've called out the post for sexism, as oh, they would. The uh, Auckland City Council, or, uh, Council organisation, it's owned by them, and it made the post yesterday afternoon with the caption, Ladies, we're all showering, and we'd, we'd all like, for, we'd love to have a, a showery, a fiery inferno. <laughs> but 27% of your power bill is used to heat water. The post continued, so let's keep it snappy and keep your wallet happy. A one-minute shower... Sorry, a one shower, four minutes. That's all you need. Make every drop count, Auckland. The post was accompanied by a meme. That's how you say it, isn't it? Not a meme. It's a meme from the Mandalorian. There we are. Now, a ride at Auckland's Rainbow's End theme park has been closed until this morning after it flipped over. It uh, tipped people in the water, I think, didn't it? Oh, no, it didn't. It just tipped over, and uh, with people who were on board. Rainbow's End chief executive, Karen Crabb, she said the log flume ride was caught as it was. Uh, it was caught, she said. As it was sliding down towards the end, tipping it into the uh, on its side, Crabb said the park staff immediately helped people out of the ride, not out of the water so they didn't they didn't fall in the water that's good. Um, she said there was no injuries, but people in the front got a little bit wet. She described it as a, an extraordinary event. She said there was no risk to passengers in the ride in the event of the ride tipping on the and, you know, just getting where that sort of will happen. Staff is rep- has reporting it was the third time that the ride had flipped that day, so they must have been out there with the microphones and the, and the pads asking a few questions to, to staff, haven't they? That's stuff, stuff media. Uh, the ride was, unless they've written that wrong and they meant staff, uh, who knows? Uh, the ride was closed for the remainder of the day yesterday as the engineers checked the, the railings to make sure everything was all A-OK there. It's going to reopen this morning, so there we are. You better take the kids out and have a ride on the flume. Uh... The owners of of light vehicles, electric vehicles and and plug-in hybrids, they have to pay road user charges from the 1st of April, the government has announced. Transport Minister Simeon Brown said the vehicles would no longer be exempt in the interest of fairness and equity. The changes would ensure all vehicle owners contribute to the upkeep and maintenance of the country's roading network, irrespective of the kind of car they drive. Petrol tax and distance-based RUC, that's RUC, they call them user charges, uh, road user charges. They're paid by road users to contribute to the cost of retaining the roads or maintaining our roads, rather. <laughs> Words from mystery to this morning, uh, but EVs and plug-in uh, hybrids have been exempt from ruck, uh, he said. Uh, transitioning EVs and plug-in transitioning. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, and plug-in EVs, um, they are hybrids. Well, the transitioning EVs and plug-in hybrids to RUC is the first step in delivering the National Act Coalition commitment to bring all vehicles into the RUC system. I think, uh, I don't know. Oh, gosh, so even if you've got a petrol car, you've got to pay RUC. I don't know if that's such a good idea, is it? Oh, I suppose the diesel boys will be happy because they end up having to pay. It's around about the same, really, isn't it? So their fees will probably go up because with with diesel, then they pay for the ruck and it depends on tonnage as well. So if you've got a 10 ton truck, you know, you've got to to pay a lot more road user charges, which is fair because it's the trucks, you know, when it's raining, heavy rain for a while, it's those trucks that gouge out and make the potholes, isn't it? And they should be paying more. I don't think, I actually don't think, um, I think all commercial vehicles should be paying road user charges, all of them and have to be licensed as well, a driver's license, and everybody that's just a private person driving their own motor car going from A to B, which we all have the right to do, to travel freely according to the Bill of Rights, uh, then and we shouldn't be paying any road user taxes, nor should we need a driver's license, because we've got the right to travel on the roads. There we are, oh, you might not agree with that. If you don't agree with that, why don't you send me a text? O2, oh, I haven't got the phone handy. I'll, I'll grab the phone on the break. 021... Um, 732 423 021 732 423 that's the number here or if you're over on rumble if there's anyone there don't seem to be doing very well on rumble um it's all happening on the streams which is which is good and we're adding more uh streaming apps to to our um situation as well and uh yes now there we are so the streets have all been reopened oh what's happened here Oh, okay. That's the end of that story, right? Now the streets have all been reopened in the centre of Ashburton after police uh, they decided a suspicious item was of no concern. Police were alerted to an item on the footpath in Ashburton's. It looks like Tancred Street, Tancred Street, at about half past three yesterday. Work and Income has confirmed the package was left at its office, and police were called as soon as it was discovered. The spokesperson for the Defence Force bomb disposal squad had been notified and uh, but it's all good no problem no gangs but it's probably left there to scare people because that's there's a bit of that happening isn't there at the moment um, libraries and places where else cafes was something happened up at Waitangi there too but there I think libraries there yeah there's some nutcases out there leaving bombs probably left just you know trying to pretend that it's a right wing um, white extremist or something like that now a gang member has been charged after a serious assault in Mahia in Hawke's Bay on New Year's Day. They finally got hold of him. Uh, Detective Senior Sergeant Mark Morehouse, he said the arrest was made after police searched the property of Apu, uh, on Aputu Street in Wairo on uh, Tuesday, that's yesterday. A patch member of the Mongol mob and the Barbarians Motorcycle Club was arrested. He said the 29-year-old faces several charges relating to the assault as well as one for methamphetamine found at the property. Have a, have a sniff around. Uh, also a 25-year-old woman has been uh jointly charged with possession of meth for supply. Now how old was he? Twenty nine, is he? Did it say how old he was? No it didn't say. Yes, probably got some young Sheila there. Uh on the drugs, that's no good, is it? Oh that meth boy, I tell you what, I mean I went I've got friends in the fishing industry and he said you know they'll they'll be fine. And then when they come down off that stuff, you know, like you think they're normal people, they're all good and everything, and they haven't had, but they're out at sea for four days or something like that. And then all of a sudden they go absolutely ape. They go nuts. He showed me the mark in the steel uh, wheelhouse on the outside of the steel warehouse where this guy tried to kill him with a fire axe because uh, he wanted to go back to shore to get his meth. So yeah, drugs are a big problem on the, in the fishing industry. Uh, you know, really is a big problem trying to stamp that out. And... Um, Quite often they'll just, you know, put put them ashore is they're not having you. Uh, anyway, so this 25-year-old woman, she was jointly charged as well. The uh, man's to appear in the district court today in Gisborne. Hundreds of thousands of litres of partially treated human effluent spilled into the Queenstown Swamp, a Queenstown Swamp, before it was stopped. The uh, wastewater entered the natural swamp after spilling over the top of the oxidation pond at the Shotover wastewater treatment plant on Monday. Queenstown Lakes District estimated that about 420,000 litres of partially treated effluent passed into the swamp. Um, An Olympic-sized swimming pool usually contains about 2.5 million, so we're talking about one-fifth of that. It's not good, is it? Property and Infrastructure Acting General Manager Simon Mason said the material in this pond has typically been through 80% of the normal treatment process here. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I don't like all that treatment rubbish anyway. I think dig a hole and put your poop in that, and put some dirt over the top, and everyone takes responsibility. That's what I say. But then I suppose you'd run out of places to put your poop. No, I don't think so. Just bury it. I mean, the ground goes down quite deep. Um, you could just get a hole, a hole drilled. Then the kids would be going, oh no, no. no. It just seems so expensive to have just this waste of just all this water flushing a piss and, and poo down, you know, down some pipes to go into some oxidation pond, which stinks, and then they treat. And it's good when it's all finished and comes out at the end, but it just seems such a waste when we could all deal with it ourselves. But I suppose, oh, they'd be worried about diseases, I suppose, because people would be filthy, wouldn't they? Mm. Yes, I suppose that's the thing. Uh, property and Infrastructure, oh, we've got him, Simon Mason, he said the material uh, 80%, yeah. Uh, he says they're still working to confirm exactly why and how the situation occurred, but the weekend's heavy rain and control system issue was likely to be the issue. Yeah, that's what happened. Heavy rain, there are overflows. It happens, happens all over the place. There's poop and piss going into the into the seawater, you know, where we're supposed to swim in the summer, uh, all over the country. It's just a shocker. That is, it is a shocker. We've, everybody does have to take responsibility for their own poop, if you ask me, and also collecting your own water. I think that's important. I don't think you can be relying on the government and the local body of government to be uh, supplying your water because, you know goodness knows what they're putting in it you know and people say oh it's all lovely and they're full of flippin' genola if you, <laughs> you may well just pour some genola in <laughs> oh no i know mean, you wouldn't they wouldn't put genola but they put um the chlorine for sure and uh and and they're putting they'll be putting stuff in there that we have no idea what the chemicals and they probably won't be tested it'll be safe and effective don't worry safe and effective Ah, anyway, he said people could continue to use the walking tracks in the area, but he said it would be a good idea to stick to the track and avoid the swamp. (laughs) Well, you would, wouldn't you? Stay on the path. You do well, young man, to stay on the path. One million bowel testing kits have been returned and processed as part of New Zealand Health's cancer screening programme. Eligible New Zealanders... I don't know if that made sense, did it? Did I not write it right? Did I miss out a sentence? So we're still working on the problem. though that's the last one. Uh, people continue to use the track. You got that. And then one million bowel testing kits have been returned and processed as part of New Zealand Health. Of course, they didn't say New Zealand Health, did they? They said to what or what or whatever, you know. A New Zealand Health Cancer Screening Program. Eligible New Zealanders between the ages of 60 and 74. Oh, that's me. 60 and 74 are sent self-testing kits every two years. What are we talking about? Bowel, bowel cancer. Oh, no, then they'll come up with some little thing, and then they'll operate on you and make you worse. (laughs) They'll come up with you've got something wrong with you. This is what's happening in breast screening. They're finding some little thing, you know, and quite often, I've been reading a a lot of research on this, and quite often a a lot of the times these little shadows they see uh, on the mammogram or whatever, they actually disappear on their own after a while, but they grab you and quickly operate on you, rip you know, cut everything apart. They take everything off. I mean, it's just horrible what they do to women. And um, and they say, "Oh, you know, we we can save your life," but I think it's bullshit. I really do. I think there's um, I think there's an industry and people making a lot of money, um, you know, butchering uh, women. It's it's disgraceful, and I think there needs to be a thorough investigation into that. But who's going to do that? I mean, when there's money involved. This is a trouble, isn't it? You know, the, the love of money, we won't make a liar out of Jesus. What did he say? He said, for the love of money is the root of all evil. I should have said that in the character well, shouldn't I? Well, what did he say, Grant? Well, he said, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Is that right? Yes, that's exactly what he said. Well, where do I find that? In the Bible. Where else would you find it? Well, I don't know. I don't read the Bible. Well, you should, Dickie, because you're getting on, and you don't know what's going to happen to you. You could kick the bucket tomorrow. Yeah, I suppose I could. I better go and read the Bible. Have you got one? Yes, I do. I've got one over there. You can have a look after the program. I'll show it to you. All right, there we are. That's not bad, is it? I could probably do that. I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could develop that. Anyway, New Zealand Health—they said that they it it was much. See here, they go. It was much easier to treat if discovered early. Yes, yeah, so they don't have to take so much tit off. It's just horrible. It's just oh, it just makes me sh- shiver there are the you, you do some study on this we 've all got to take you can 't be farming out your own health you can 't be jobbing that out to someone else to take care of we 've all got to take responsibility for our own health that 's the most important thing and you know your body better than anyone else knows it so that's what I say anyway. Now, a 12-year-old girl has been reported missing in Auckland, but she has been found safe and well, according to police. Fancy that, 12-year-old kid. Um, Cassius was her name. Cassius, that's a name for a boy, isn't it? Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali. Cassius was uh, earlier reported missing by her family after leaving her home in Dean, which, I don't know, used to be a bit of a... a bit of a, Oh, should I say? There might be some Glendene listeners. It was always a bit of a sort of lower-grade area, wasn't it? I think so anyway, but I remember it being that, like that. Anyway, Glen Dean on the 12th of January. Police believe Cassius was in the Sunnyvale or New Lynn area. Good goodness, knows what's going on there. Uh, because of a rage, your family was uh, concerned and they called police. Police were concerned as well. Uh, residents near Twizel are being encouraged to create a neighbourhood plan to help reduce the risk of wildfires. Last week, the Fire and Emergency Incident Controller Emergency incident controller. Who? Who is it? Uh, he. Uh, he warned, or, or well, they warned, warned, whatever it was. The the controller, <laughs> the, the fat controller. They um, they warned that the Mackenzie Basin area was facing the most challenging wildfire conditions since 2008. Earlier this month, a grass fire at Manuka Terrace threatened houses and covered more than a kilometre before it was contained. And um, there were extreme concerns about the wildfire risk in the area over the weekend due to the hot and dry and windy conditions. Uh, it prompted a community meeting last week to discuss the risk, which, which, uh, and they all turned out, all 75 of them turned up <laughs> to attend. And there's going to be more meetings. I think there's another one tonight, actually, as well. You can contact the council. Uh, people could help to reduce the risk of their own properties should they have an evacua, and should have an evacuation Well, I think it's important to have an evacuation at least once a day. Uh, An evacuation plan that was clear. That was naughty. Oh, I know. You shouldn't talk like that. You're in the gutter. Don't talk like that when you're doing the... You're supposed to be doing the news. Oh, I know. All right, we'll get back to it then. So people should have um, to reduce the risk. Well, they should really, shouldn't they? Yes. Reduce the risk of their own property and should have an evacuation plan that was clear about what to do and where people should go, he said. Now, the meeting for other neighbourhoods and nearby subdivisions will be held in the future. There's going to be more. Now, a dad parked in a popular Dunedin lookout was attacked by a man, thumped in the back of the head, I think, <laughs> because he get the baby out. Late. Anyway, read the story, Grant. Yeah, read the story. OK, I'll stick to the story. Uh, now, a dad, he parked at a popular Dunedin lookout, and he was attacked by a man in another car who objected to his baby being out late at night. Senior Sergeant Anthony Bond of, the, of Dunedin said the father was parked in... What they call a a a unity park? What's that? A unity park? Was that just the name of it? Oh, it's oh, it's called Unity Park. Oh, okay. Uh, late on Monday evening, when the assault happened, <laughs> you need to concentrate on what you're doing. I know, I do. I know, I do. Now the argument started because the occupant had a baby in the back seat where he was trying to settle it. Yes, you do. You, you know, you take them out. I mean, you know what we used to do with babies trying to settle them and they won't you know, won't settle. Actually, the best thing to do is just chuck them in a dark room and shut the door and let them cry (laughs) and don't go back. It's hard to stop your wife from doing that, but that's the best thing to do. And then you'll get sleep eventually because they fall asleep. But if they know you're coming, they'll just keep crying. You know, They'll just have you wound around their little finger, which is what they do right from the start, don't they? And that makes them selfish. They become selfish, little babies. Uh, Yeah, that's how we teach them to be selfish, actually, to just cry out and get what they want all the time. So you just let them cry. And might they might cry for five minutes, might cry for ten minutes, and then they stop crying, and you don't come, and they're happy. They're they're what would you call self? They're content. They become content with the, their own person being on their own. It's very good. But sometimes we used to do silly things like we'd get a thirty meter um, extension lead and throw it on the ground, you know, and it all tangled up, and then I'd put the baby in the pram, and and I think it was Gabriella, and I'd push her backwards and forwards over that quite firmly. And that would put her to sleep. But it's useless, really, because then when you move them back into the bed, you know, they're not where they were when they went off to sleep, and then they start crying. So it's a dead loss. So it calms them, but it's not not, not a good idea. Anyway, so this guy got out of the car. An argument started because the um, the occupant had a baby in the back seat where he was trying to settle uh, as they were driving around and parked up there. The 30-year-old man, a passenger in another parked car, got out and approached a family's vehicle. Uh... When the father got out of his car, the man started arguing with him, and he told the father he shouldn't have the baby out this late, and punched him in the back of the head. According to Senior Sergeant Bond, the alleged attacker was picked up by police a few hours later after he was uh, he, after his car um, was in uh, it, it swerved through road cones before driving away and and slammed into a parked car. Oh, just a crazy situation. Senior Sergeant Bondshead police were called through the Queen's Garden after reports of disorderly behaviour at uh, 1 o'clock in the morning yesterday. Yeah, was it yesterday? I don't know. I think it was yesterday morning. Yeah. Now, a vehicle was driving over... Ro- oh, no, we're not doing that. No, I, I, I didn't have time to edit it all. So you've got to go down and keep them short, don't you? That was Otago Daily Times, too, by the way. Oh no, I've, I've repeated it. Well, he keep on going down. Thirty-year-old blah blah blah. When's the next story? Oh, don't tell me I've just been cutting pasting the same story. <laughs> oh, I have. Melanie Linsky missed out on two coveted Emmy awards. Oh no, here we are. This is a new one. This is she's an actress. She's about forty-six years old. And she said, "I'm tired. I've had enough." She said, "It's hard work being nice and getting people, to, you know, getting to be, li- you know, to be likable. Hard work." Well, I don't think it's hard work. You just be yourself, and they either like you or they don't. I mean, a lot of people hate me. <laughs> I've got not very many friends. But then that's what happens. As you get older you you know, you, you sort of shed friends, don't you? And you know, you have, and you meet new people. Yeah. It's a bit like the uh, navy. You join the navy to no, no, it won't go silly joke. Um, Melanie Linsky, she missed out on two coveted Emmy Awards yesterday. Linsky, who's forty six, was nominated for the outstanding lead actress in the drama series for her role in uh, as Shauna in Yellow Jackets, I don't know what's that. yellow, it's a wasp, isn't it? <laughs> it's a series following the story of a high school girls' football team to survive, and they survived a plane crash. It was won by Sarah Snook uh, of the movie Succession. Linsky was also nominated for Outstanding Guest Actress for playing Kathleen Coglan in The Last of Us, a, po- a post-apocalyptic drama. And it was based on the video game franchise. And it was I forget who won that. Uh, I did have it here, but I forgot to put it in. So somebody, someone with a name, it's hard to pronounce. is probably why I left it out. Ministry of um, Education documents reveal there are major gaps in the monitoring of charter schools and their owners between 2013 and 18, some of which the government of the day declined to fix. They include no independent measurement of student measurement. Oh, see how high they are. Measurement of student achievement. Oh, I see. Uh, no close analysis to ensure the schools were attracting the priority learn learners as they in, intended to serve. Adequate financial monitoring in substandard properties. Do we need punctuation in there? Perhaps we do. Uh, the New Zealand Principals Federation said the documents confirm that uh, what we print, what we what what we what, what we principals already knew. Oh, good for you. The details come from. Close, close out reports completed in 2019 and obtained by Raddy New Zealand under the Official Information Act. They had to go that far. Hey, house prices have stalled at the end of 2023. That's good for you youngies if you want to get into a house. Get mum and dad to help you. But mum and dad, make sure you get a contract because they can you know, meet some half-foot, get on the drugs or whatever, and then you end up losing your property. Um, and be involved with the bank as well. You know, if they do, you, know, you be the bank. That's the one. That's the answer. It's good for you and good for them. House prices—they stalled at the end of last year, and uh, but there's a small amount of growth is expected for this year. The latest quotable value house price index, the QV, they show that home values increased across all of the main. They increased. You just said it decreased. These headings—they get clickbait, isn't it? Anyway, they said it has it increased across all of the main centres, the urban centres monitored, but at very subdued levels. The average home value increased nationally by 0.6% throughout the December quarter to $905,070, down from the 2.7% quarterly home value increase reported at the end of November. Across the main centres, Rotorua 6%, Taronga 3.3% recorded, the most uh, home, home value growth on average in December quarter, uh, the largest cities also saw a small amount of growth in Auckland, 1.9% there. Wellington, 24 which is quite a bit. Christchurch, 2.5%. Meanwhile, New Plymouth, 0.4% recorded the smallest increase on average standards. That's not too bad. That's not too bad at all. Hey, I'll be back in a tick. We'll see what's going on with the New Zealand Herald. Oh, look at the time. Sorry, but yippity-yippity-yap. 25 minutes to 7, I think. or well, It might be 24 24 minutes to seven, years I'm, I'm a bit earlier. I'll get up now while this is playing and I'll just fix my clock on the wall. Well, I've only been eating meat for beef fundamentally for almost five years now.
1: I never imagined in my wildest dreams, number one, that you could just live on meat and number two, that it would have such a salutary effect. So for me, I lost 52 pounds in seven months. I went from 212 pounds to 165, which is exactly what I weighed when I was 23. And I've maintained that weight since i can put on muscle mass with no problem even though i'm 62 and so and i've talked to many people who've lost like 100 pounds in a year you know because they come to my talks and who are just beside themselves so to speak as
2: a consequence of experimenting with this diet so well so that's the story yeah, so that is the story. Um, that's good. I thought I was going to play something else. I only just got back in time. So now my clock says uh, no, it says 35. Oh, no, oh, that's all wrong. Oh, I put, it, I put it the wrong way. Oh, no, give me a second. Then We'll just have a listen to J- Ricky Gervais and uh, Christopher Hitchens, and I'll be right back in a moment. I'll just fix that.
4: How and- arrogant are you to think that you deserve to go through life with no one ever saying anything that you don't agree with or like? Um, yeah, but you shouldn't hurt people's feelings. Well, you can if their feelings are wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Get, if, yeah you, if you don't okay. like the facts, get, yeah, don't yeah. change the facts, change the feelings. Yeah. I-, I want people to stop saying, that joke's offensive. Yeah. I want them to start saying, I found it offensive. Because you've got to own the emotion. Because that's all it is. You're yeah. just telling me how you feel about it.
5: Yeah. In 1788, when the United States was barely a country, right? it was having its um, sailors taken as slaves by the Barbary states, the states of the Ottoman Empire in North Africa. Tripoli. Tripoli. Shores of Tripoli. Shores of Tripoli. Tripoli. Ships uh, stopped. Its crews carried off into slavery. We estimate one and a half million European and American slaves taken between 1750 and 1815. Jefferson and Adams went to their ambassador in London and said, why do you do this to us? The United States has never had a quarrel with the Muslim world of any kind. We weren't in the Crusades. We weren't in the war in Spain. Why do you do this to our people and our ships? Why do you plunder and enslave Our people and the ambassador said very plainly, Mr. Abdul Rahman said, because the Quran gives us permission to do so, because you are infidels. And that's our answer. And Jefferson said, well, in that case, I will send a navy which will crush your state, which he did. Islamic fundamentalism is not created by American democracy. It's a lie to say so. It's a masochistic lie. And it excuses those who are the real criminals, and it blames us for
2: the attacks made upon.
3: Oh,
2: gosh, I got up. I pushed it the wrong way, as you know. Turned it, pushed it the wrong way. Now, now let me just check it on my computer so it says 37. So are we right now? Uh, 5.37. So yeah, that's right, I think. Oh no, it's still not right. Oh, near enough. Near enough, a minute or two out. Okay, um, we'll go to the Otago Daily Times. I'll just do a refresh on that for you. National news. We look at national news. I don't know, you tell me where you're from and then I'll tell you what's going on. I suppose you can't when you're driving or whatever you're doing. Anyway, milking. I'm thinking about doing rural news as well. Uh, and um, I was talking to Chris about it and I said, What do you think? He said, It's a good idea.
0: 88.1 FM, the wireless, rural news.
2: There we are. So, so he got into it and I said, Would well, you think we should do sport as well? He's, Yeah, yeah, try this. 88.1 FM, the wireless, sport. What about what about local news? I don't know. What else could we do? International? We have got that. And local news? We don't do. We do. Well, yeah. It's all very professional, isn't it? He makes me sound really great because he is a professional. This guy, Chris, over in the UK, there, my new mate. Uh, speaking of the UK, Richard Branson, I love, I love him. I just think he's great. I mean, he's probably um, a terrible uh, one of those billionaire insiders, you know. But he seems to me kind of cool, just a kind of relaxed, chilled out sort of a guy. Don't really know that much about him, so he might, he might be sort of one of the evil ones, you know, one of the lizards or whatever they say. I don't believe that stuff about lizardry. <laughs> I think it's nonsense. Is that a word, lizardry? Lizardry. That's a good one. Make it up, lizardry. Yeah he's a lizardist <laughs> he believes in lizards
4: <laughs> I was in a board meeting when I was about 50 years old, I think I said is that good news or bad news and, and one of the directors said come come outside Richard a minute, so came outside and he said you don't know the difference between net and gross do you, so I said no, no. North he North said line. I thought not anyway I brought a sheet of paper so he, he has some co- colour pens and he, he colours it in blue and then he Puts a fishing net in the in it, and then he puts a little fish in the fishing net, and he says, "And um, so the fish that are in the net, that's your profit at the end of the year, and the rest of the ocean, that's your gross turnover." And um, I went, I've got it. Ever since then, I've been name dropping net and gross to people who obviously know full full well what it is. But the point of the story is, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's be- is a good idea, most likely, if your chief accountant. Uh, knows. For somebody who's running a company, what matters is can you create the, the best company in its sector, just go out and create something that's going to make a positive difference to other people's lives?
2: That's right. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. 100%. 100%. 21 minutes to six. Yeah, I think I've got the clock right now. Let's see. What does it say? Is it 25 yet? minutes. coming up. Getting close. Yeah, 20. 21 minutes too, there we are. But then there's probably a 10 or 15 second delay and sometimes sometimes on those apps you've got to reset them. They seem to lag back, don't they, lag behind. So you just reset it and that brings you up and then you're about sort of, I think I've got it down, we're about 10 second delay. So when you're hearing this, it's about 10 seconds. Okay, we're over at the Otago Daily Times and, um, for, and normally what I do there is I go to national news but I think I decided that I'd go to... National news? No, that's right. I'm on Radio New Zealand. I'm just going to stick with uh, the New Zealand news side of it because I'm finding it's all. You know, I used to just click on Home on RNZ.co.nz, and then it's all. It's all difficult to manoeuvre for me. I find it a little bit hard. You know, pictures everywhere. <laughs> Can't read pictures. And but if you just go news, and then go on oh, no, New Zealand, there we are. So yeah, that's quite good. So I'll bring you up today. So I may as well just do the New Zealand stuff for you because. I mean, we've got Aussie listeners, and I'll do a little bit of that later. But I think maybe yesterday I was a wee bit too much on the Aussie Aussie front. It's only because I find it easier to read. Um, I just find it a lot easier over at Sky News the way they lay out the the website there. It's just so much easier. Uh, anyway, we're oh, and what happened on this day in history? Oh, before we do uh, go any further, what about that? Now we had the women's auxiliary, didn't we? Um, that was yesterday. Um, well, I better um, bring you up to date with that too. So I'll just quickly f- go forward to the seventeenth because it's the seventeenth today. Hey, if you're having a birthday today, um, you are sharing it with some very famous people, which I don't know who they are, but I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, maybe that's a good idea because you're sharing it with Elvis Costello, no, or something like that. I don't know. I never used to like them, but you know, in him. Anyway, 19 minutes to six, and um, so on this day, uh, 17th of January in 1853, New Zealand Constitution Act, and that's important apparently, that comes into force, Uh, the governor, Sir George Grey, I love it up there, don't you, where's his mansion house there in Kawa Island, I just love it up there, love taking the kids up there. It's just absolutely lovely. Walk around all over the place. Ladies' Bay, where the ladies used to bathe, and the men would go further out, and he'd ride in his carriage all around the place. But they're starting to say, you know, some of the people that are in there, in that home there, uh, in DOC, I think it's DOC controlled, they are starting to denigrate him, actually, and uh, I think that's bad news. They're starting to tell stories that aren't true. A bit of bit of a revisionist in the history. And, uh, you know, he was was a great governor. Anyway, Sir George Gray, he issued a proclamation to bring New Zealand's Constitution Act, UK, 1852, into operation, establishing a system of representative government for our colony. There we are. So that's what happened. And I might give you that after, say, let's see, so after 7 o'clock or something like that, a little bit down, I'll read the entire entire piece. I've even got a clipping there from the actual, uh, yeah, newspaper clipping the English version of the New Zealand Constitution Act, 1852. But anyway, on this date, at, um, 1853, January the 17th, it came into force. Now, uh, let's look at the Otago Daily Times. And uh, the na- National national soars in year's first political poll. How about that? Voters appear to have uh, warmed to the government over the summer break, with the first poll of the new year showing National breaking the 40% threshold. A former national uh, mayor uh, to replace Garamond in the parliament. Is that right? Is that the one that says F, puts the F-bombs out in his emails? Probably not. Uh, with the resignation of a goal riz, I've been calling it a goal ritz, I don't know, there's no T in it, Gol riz you, Sometimes you start off, you make a mistake, and then you keep repeating it if you don't correct it straight away. So perfect practice makes makes perfect, but not Practice makes perfect because you can be practicing the wrong way, can't you? Uh, with the resignation of Goldrizz, Goldrizz Garaman, I hope I got that bit right. Former Wellington Mayor Celia Wade Brown is set to enter Parliament as the Greens' newest MP. She did the right thing. She had to, they, wow, she did the right thing. She had to sass. Uh, what do you call it? Um, Lean on a sword, Uh, oh, Garamond, but what a half foot. What's what's for that? She must be a kleptomaniac. I mean, they say it's a disease. I think all that sort of stuff where they say, oh, she's she's an alcoholic or he's an alcoholic. I think they're just excuses for uh, just say, you know, just to. we We always want to pass the buck, don't we? And I think it's just an excuse to say, you know, you haven't got self control. Some people have got it, and some people haven't. Some people like the taste of it. Some people just like the, the the feeling it gives you. Jordan Peterson knows quite a bit about it. He would probably disagree with me and say, "No, it's definitely a, it is definitely a disease." But I don't know. I don't know whether he would. Uh, the Bible mentions uh, about drunks. That's what it says. Drunkenness. It says you can't. He, there's no drunks in heaven. So if you're a drunkard, you can't go to heaven, according to the Bible. Uh, liars, and they, they can't go either. So oh gosh, no, none of us. Who who could be saved? Well, we're lucky, aren't we? We're very, God's made a way for us to escape his judgment. So even though we do all this bad stuff, uh, we've done all this bad stuff, God's made a way for us, and that way is Jesus Christ. He came, he laid down his life on that cross once and for all 2,000 years ago, and so that he, he took all of our sins in his body. How about that? He did that for us. He died to pay the price for our sins because God is a just judge. When he makes a judgment. When he says, when he gives us the Ten Commandments and we can't keep them, those that's his standard, we've got to keep them. But he knows that nobody can, so he came himself and laid down his life in the form of Jesus Christ, who is God in human form. That's what the Bible teaches. If you just don't take it out of context and you read it all, you know, in its entirety, Jesus Christ actually is God Himself in human form. He came and laid down his life. So that means the judge, the one that's going to be judging us came and laid his life down for us, paid the penalty, went and paid the fine for us, paid the you know the death penalty for us, and then he, because he is God, he rose from the dead, and then he went back to heaven and he's coming back that's what it says in First Thessalonians chapter four and first Corinthians chapter fifteen it tells us that he's coming back to take those that believe nothing to do with how good you are not this is all your Good works are, are as filthy rags. It's all to do with what you believe. Do you believe that he did that for you? Because it's a terrible thing not to be believed, isn't it? But if you believe that he died on that cross and he rose again three days later, according to scripture, I mean, it's a fairy tale stuff, isn't it? The little Jewish virgin girl gave a birth to God, and then he died for us, and then he rose again, and then he healed all these people You know, before he did, before he died. Uh, and he did that for us. Don't you think that's a bit of a weird one? So you really need to be making sure that the book that you're reading it from really is, has, possesses the necessary elements of a divine revelation. Because if it's not, if it doesn't, if it's got errors in it, if it's got mistakes that are provable and the Bible, I think God does this on purpose. There's lots of apparent errors. But when you go and study for years like I have done, you actually find that those errors, apparent errors, are not errors at all. And you find that the people that say their errors are just the enemies of God because the Bible says Thy word is truth. John seventeen seventeen. It says God will preserve every word for eternity. Psalms twelve, six and seven. It says Jesus says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And so we can trust that book, Sola Scriptura. And I've got people now online that are saying, oh, no, you're, the, you're of the, the, um, the Bible-only people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As for me and my house, we will follow the Word of God. Thank you very much. Uh, that's the way we're doing it. We're not going to follow some half-wit up there in front of us that's um, corrupting the Scriptures. They even warn us, the Bible even warns us, and the King James, of course, you need a King James because it possesses the necessary elements of being a divine revelation. All the others have been corrupted. I mean, what would you do if you were the devil? First thing I'd do is I'd join the seminaries and I'd, 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 corrupt, I'd be corrupting the Bible. That'd be the first thing I'd be getting in the end Just change it a wee bit. No good changing it too much, because otherwise they won't buy it. It's a bit like rat poison. They won't eat it if it's all poison. (laughs) It's got to have just a wee bit, just enough to kill them. And that's the thing. I mean, you can become a Christian by reading any Bible, any version, doesn't matter, no matter how corrupted it is. However, you cannot grow, because the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. See that word every? What does that mean? It means all of them. So you need all the words that God has provided for us. To have, he, And he's put them all there in that book. All that we need. There might be other words, but we don't need them. It's comprehensive. We have all we need. And it's all in that book. And you can live by it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That's how we live. And that's how you grow. By reading it, you become strong, a strong Christian. And then you become, you know, self-reliant. Well, reliant on the word of God, actually. You feel self-reliant in a way because you don't need other people to tell you what the Bible means, and you just don't need other people to tell you. And I can remember when I was in radio years ago. Um, I used to think, well, "How do you pronounce that word?" How do you pronounce that? Well, and then they gave us a book called the Daniel Jones English Pronunciation Dictionary, and everything was in there. So you didn't need to go and ask other people how do you pronounce it; it was there. So the only thing you had to do was learn phonetics. So I learned phonetics not phonics phonetics the symbols i had to learn those symbols like learning a greek like learning greek because it comes from greek i uh, don't think latin greek and so basically you just learn that that phonetic um those symbols and then you've got to say it because it's phonics you have to hear it so you say them and so once i once i got that, i thought wow i don't have to ask anybody how do i just know i can look at it and go there it is and i know the phonetic symbols and i can just say it out and I can say it out correctly. And that was great. And it's the same with the Bible. You don't need other people. And the Bible even says, you need not that any man teach you. It's all in the book. And um, you just got to make sure you've got the right book. And he's promised to preserve it. And it's not preserved up in heaven. I mean, it's. <laughs> it's he's, why would he just hide it from us? And it's only in heaven you can't get hold of it. It's here on earth. <laughs> it, it must be. Because it's written for who? Us. So if it's available, it must be available. That's one of the necessary elements of a divine revelation. It must be available to everybody, not just some people. I mean, if you've got children, you don't just sort of write a letter to them if you can't be with them, and you go away and write a letter. You don't just send it to, the, to one of the kids, one, it's one of the little pets, do you? You send it for them all, for them all, because you love all your children, don't you? And God loves all of us and that's why you, you don't you don't need Every single, it's written for all of us, and all of us can read it. Some might be a bit hard, and sometimes you might have to do a bit of extra study, but God likes it. He puts that there because he likes it when you go and look into things and study. But when you find, when you start studying the Bible, you will realize there are no contradictions and there are no errors, and it is absolutely perfect. I mean, there have been people, there was a mathematician once, I think he was a Russian mathematician, atheist, and he set out to... Prove that the Bible was erroneous. And he became a Christian. Because <laughs> he said it was just, mathematically, it was just so perfect. And so he, that's how he, he got there. Anyway, so how did we get on to this? I don't know. I don't know, Grant. How did you get on? I don't know. Get back to the story, shall we? If we get back to the Otago Daily Times. Okay. We'll get back to the, the Otago Daily Times. Perhaps you should read the news. No, I can't read. It's less sexy. Oh, are you? Okay. Dyslexia, you mean, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah, well, dyslexia, yeah, not cystexia. yeah, okay, Ash Burton, now what 's happened here we 've got the mayor it 's going to replace Garamond, and uh, road user oh, we have we've, oh that's a target They're reading, they've that they 've got the same stories. Oh, well, perhaps we should go somewhere else then. Perhaps we should go over and have a look somewhere else. Uh, what about stuff? Are they up with the play? I don't know. It's all very repetitious. You can see why we all think the same way, because he who controls the media controls the thinking of the people. So if you control the media, then there's only just a handful, I think, of people that actually control everything we read. Um, so that's why you've got to look at it, don't you? With, you've got to look at it with an objective eye, with a critical eye. Uh, now, what's happened here? Oh, gosh, no, see, I can't read that. It's all, I'm looking at New Zealand news here at Stuff, and it's just a dirty great photographs taking up the entire screen. How the Greens responded to Golra's Garama's shoplifting claims. The Green Party took three weeks to resolve allegations that one of its star MPs had been shoplifting. I just can't believe it still, that the silly cow was shoplifting. I mean, it's so dumb, isn't it? Anyway. Now we've had enough. We've got the news. You've got the general just the news, and then we'll have some inter-news, uh, international news coming up. Oh, now what's happened with Trump? He wins the Iowa caucus, caucus as they call it, and it, uh, it takes uh, a major step forward, he does, in the U.S. presidency. Now, Vivek Ramaswamy, he makes an astonishing move uh, after Iowa loss, after congratulating Donald Trump, and I like like that guy, and I'm hoping that, that Trump will will invite him to be his running mate. Because he's a smart young man, entrepreneur, very smart. And I think one day he will end up being, you can mark my words, at seven minutes to six on the 17th of January 2024, in the year of our Lord too, by the way, uh, I think that uh, Vivek Ramaswamy will end up being the President of the United States of America. And I think he would be great. I love everything that he says. (laughs) And I think Trump, uh, sometimes I hear Vivek Ramaswamy coming out in, in Trump's speeches and uh, you know, because I've been studying this young guy, Vivek, uh, I think he's good. Anyway, uh, he's suspended his presidential campaign to endorse the Republican frontrunner. Good on him, there you go. See. And I think Trump should invite him. In. Now, the vampire diary star slams pro-Palestinian lies and propaganda. Good. Excellent. Good on you. Hollywood star Nate Buzolik. I-, I have never heard of him, but I like him. He's my mate. <laughs> he's my new friend uh anyway so he he rose to worldwide fame when he was cast in the vampire diaries now that came out in 2008 wasn't it Round right about then vampire diaries yeah i lost a lot of advertisers in that once i had a magazine done in Wakatani. it was called look and um i had um, a sports store i think it was some um, you know, big big sports store and anyway the vampire diaries and i had it on the front and it was just just you know you do these things you you Just front page you know, I think it was a big story inside, you know, and it had this fi blood and vampire and blood go running down its cheeks, and this woman with teeth, you know the vampire teeth and it was all they, you do those sort of things to sort of get attention, don't you it's all attention seeking that's what you do in advertising you just like you just like spit on their spit on their shirt and you get their attention, don't you <laughs> that sort of thing you know, and so but anyway i lost a, I lost an advertiser, a big advertiser too oh, they didn't like didn't like that, didn't think it was very Christian. Probably not either. Probably no one. But there's no such thing as vampires anyway. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. It's all made up nonsense, you know. And it's all from these Catholic. All the, it still comes from the Catholic Church. All that rubbish. I mean, where's that? You know, it's. Uh, I think vampires, Transylvania, and all that, all that sort of stuff. But people that believe in all that sort of thing, you're usually sort of superstitious, you know, nutty, you know, women. Um, <laughs> mostly men don't go around about. It going on about vampires, do they? But women, they do. They think, and they kind of like the idea of their neck being bitten, I think. A bite on the neck. Ah, suck the blood. Gee, I wish you'd just read the flippy news. All right. I'll just read the news. Anyway, this Hollywood star, Nate Busolik, that's his name there, he rose to worldwide fame in the Vampire Diaries after growing up in Sydney southwest, oh, we didn't know that, did we, explains why he's using his huge platform to counter anti-Semitism and what he calls pro-Palestinian lies. Good on you, Nate. Good on you, mate. Nate, me mate, my new mate. Now, a new-look Danish monarchy um, has revealed after a royal feud. Oh, the results of the Danish queen, Margaretha. Is it Margaretha? Is that how you say it? I just thought it was Margareth. It's Margarita. I think Margarita. I think that's how they say it. I was, sort of, I was listening to the people, the, the real news readers. They were. I'm sure they put out a thit on the end of it. A th- uh, the effort to slim down the, the Denmark's monarchy. I think the kids are a bit upset, aren't they? Denmark's monarchy. Uh, they, they were on full display as the newly crowned King Frederick. And Queen Mary. That's a good name, isn't it? Bloody Mary. <laughs> no, she's far from Bloody Mary, Park. She's really nice. People that grew up with her there. And um, where is she from? Transylvania? No, not Transylvania. Tasmania. Yeah, Tasmanian. Uh, it's beautiful down there. I didn't realise that. They've got a wonderful port. You know, nice sort of sort of um, waterfront. Fantastic. Anyway, they cele- celebrated by the Danish Parliament on Monday. Now, uh, a vision captures Iranian ballistic. What's vision? Vision captures Iran- Iran's ballistic missile onslaught near US consulate in Iraq. Uh, Iran, is that screen big enough or my eyes getting blinder? Oh, it's down a bit. I'll pop it up oh, another notch to 150. I've got to put it to 150. If I'd, look, I can blow it up and if I take my glasses off, it's all just fuzz. I'll be able to get sorted out before next year when they're going for the driver's license test because they'll make me wear glasses when I'm driving. I don't want to do that. No. Yeah. Flip and hopeless. My mate, he's just—he's the same age as me. Uh, he's over in Melbourne, and he, what he does, well, he—he—I he, he, just stopped wearing glasses. They kept saying, "Oh, you need stronger ones." You know, it's all money. He said, "I just didn't want to pay for it." You know, because I like to design the glasses. And um, oh, what news coming up? Hang on. Uh, why can't I hear the news? I can't hear anything. Uh oh. Oh, can you bear with me? I better fix up that news. Um... Yeah, I'll just uh, play something and uh, come back to you and you find out what's going on there. Setting goals.
3: It can turn out to be a drama for your life. Here's what goals are your vision of the future. Your vision of the future. Now, there's two ways to face the future one, with apprehension, number two, with anticipation. Guess how most people face the future? With apprehension. If you face the future with apprehension, you'll take hesitant steps all day, uncertain steps all day. And if you take uncertain steps all day for six years, you can imagine how
2: empty your life can be. Absolutely empty, wouldn't it be? Well, look, the news is coming up. It's coming up, but it's not quite coming up. Um, We've got about a minute and a half to go, I think. The news anyway. Vision captures Iran's ballistic um, missile onslaught near US consulate in Iraq. Iran has bombarded the city of Erbil in northern Iraq, killing several people in the uh, series of ballistic missile strikes, which the Islamic Revolutionary Guard says were targeted to destroy espionage headquarters and anti Iranian conspirators. There we are. Uh, Germany is preparing for Russia to start World War Three. Leaked war plans revealed the German Ministry of Defence is reportedly gearing up for a Russian offensive into Eastern Europe next year, culminating in clashes with the Western troops. Gosh, it's getting close to the end of the, the end of this dispensation, isn't it? When the Antichrist is going to be returning, and it all it all actually is going to end up revolving around uh, Israel. That's according to the Bible. And when the Bible says something, hey, guess what? It always comes true okay we're just about to go over to the news uh also there was a major aussie star she wins big at the emmys as well sarah snock yeah that's the one she wiped the floor with the awards season uh oh, here we are here's news hey, this is james o'neill
6: former president donald trump has made a resounding comeback trump won the iowa caucus by a massive 30-point lead over the second place candidate florida governor ron DeSantis. santos Trump's victory margin has set a new record in the Iowa Republican caucus. In a distant third was former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, who came in fourth, has endorsed Trump. This has left Trump's hold over the Republican base stronger than ever. Despite the polls reflecting a close race, Trump outperformed expectations by crossing the 50% threshold. This was bad news for Haley, who heavily underperformed in the caucus. Polls had shown her in second place heading into the contest. Trump, on the other hand, won 98 of the state's 99 counties, according to NBC News projections. The turnout was low, with around 110,000 caucus-goers due to the extreme cold and snow-blanketing Iowa. This is significantly lower than the 186,000 reported in 2016, a competitive Republican nomination year. The reduced caucus-goers' turnout hints at the possibility that voter enthusiasm may not be high for the Republican primaries in the current cycle. Last week, two U.S. Navy SEALs were reported missing off Somalia's coast during a mission aimed at intercepting a ship believed to be transporting Iranian weapons to Yemen, controlled by the Houthi group. This information was confirmed by a defense official. The U.S. Central Command announced on January thirteenth that it initiated search and rescue efforts for the two Navy sailors who disappeared on January 11th. CENTCOM, in a press release, stated they would withhold further details for the duration of the rescue operation to maintain operational security. In a January 14th interview with CBS News, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby disclosed that the missing people were Navy SEALs on a mission to stop weapons from reaching Yemen. Kirby mentioned that the search operation for the missing sailors was ongoing, and updates were expected soon. Kirby said, we're obviously monitoring the situation very closely. A U.S. defense official, who requested anonymity while speaking to the Associated Press, revealed that the SEALs were attempting to board a Dow, a traditional sailing vessel, when one sailor fell into the turbulent sea. The second SEAL dived in to try and save him, leading to both being reported missing since the incident. A tropical cyclone caused heavy flooding and at least one death in Mauritius on Monday, as cars were washed away by surges of water in the Indian Ocean Island's capital city and elsewhere. The government said a motorcyclist died in an accident caused by the flooding and imposed a curfew. The government issued an order that everyone except emergency and health workers, members of the security services, and those requiring medical treatment must return home and remain there. Some people were also being evacuated as the floodwaters caused by tropical cyclone Bilal threatened houses and other buildings. Schools were closed and hospitals were told to only keep their emergency departments open. The main airport was closed and flights into and out of the island nation of 1.2 million people were cancelled until further notice. The Mauritius newspaper La Express published videos of cars floating down streets that looked more like raging rivers in the capital, Port Louis, and other parts of the island. Some people climbed onto the roof of their car and clung on. Motorists who had escaped from cars were being seen pulled from the floodwaters into safety by others. Vehicles were left piled up, some of them overturned after some of the floodwaters receded. The water also entered buildings and flooded homes and the lobbies of offices. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich told Hannity that Donald Trump's resounding win essentially clears the field. Well, you lose every game.
7: Fine. I mean, he can go home and say he did the best he could. Nikki can go home and say she did the best she could. Ramaswamy can go home and say he did the best he could. None of them are going to be the nominee. Period. It is
6: over. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. James O'Neill for TNT. This
1: is a TNT Radio Encore. If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT Shop is now open at TNTradio.live.
0: 88.1 FM, the wireless weather.
2: Well, it's five past six. Good morning to you. Very good morning to you if you've just woken up. The sun is, well, it's not up yet, but boy, it's light out there. It's going to be a wonderful day. Let's look at the extremes, shall we? Uh, yeah, do the extremes. Just tone that down a bit there. It's a bit loud. It's a bit, do you want it loud like that? Can't talk over can No, I can't talk over that. No, bring it down a bit. There we are. Okay, we've got that. Now, the extremes. Whangaree is still the... No, 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 it's overtaken. Uh, oh, was it Was it before? I can't remember. 20, yeah, I think it might have been. Nearly 21 degrees or anyway uh, 20 I've warmed up a bit, is it? No, it's cooled off, 5.5 degrees. Castle Point, 28, uh, 28 kilometres per hour of wind, and the wettest place is still witty Angle, with one millimetre of rain falling there. And We've got Stewart Island, 12 degrees, Invercargill's on 11, Dunedin's on 12, the Chatham Islands is on 8, along with Timaru, Queenstown has 11 degrees, along with uh, France Joseph, uh, Westport's 13, Nelson's also on 13, 11 degrees in Blenheim, so it's starting to chill off a bit, I think, but they say it's going to get warm, but I don't, th- I don't think it's working very well for the weather warfare people. <laughs> Christchurch 11, Timaru's on 8, Wellington 13 degrees, Masterton 14 degrees, and uh, Napier is on 18, Taupo 14, Rover is 17. Back to Palmerston North 17 degrees there, New Plymouth next to Mount Egmont, at wonderful mountain, Mount Egmont. Apparently, Egmont was a great guy, uh, 18 degrees there for the Egmontians, uh, for the for the New Plymouthians, and uh, Gisborne has 18 degrees, Tarron is on 20. Hamilton 16, Auckland 20 and Bungaree 21, top of the Pops and uh, Kaitaia, 19 degrees. Well, a very good morning to you. Uh, Let's look at the short forecast, shall we? Yes, do that. Um, Auckland uh, is going to have um, partly cloudy today. So is Northland and Coromandel Peninsula, partly cloudy with isolated showers for all three of you. Uh, Waikato to Taranaki including the Bay of Plenty in the central high country mainly fine for you today isolated showers becoming widespread for a time this afternoon with thunderstorms possible inland for Gisborne and Hawke's Bay and also for the Wairarapa you've got morning rain in Gisborne otherwise mostly cloudy with isolated showers and you've got longer fine breaks from the late morning as well uh, but thunderstorms possible inland from the afternoon to Wellington, <laughs> just to ruin it for you to Wellington also Marlborough generally fine weather uh, you've got scattered showers about inland Wanganui to Manawatu this afternoon Nelson, Buller and Westland down there in the South Island uh, well Marlborough's the South Island too partly cloudy with isolated showers turning to rain in Nelson and Buller at night Queenstown Lakes and Central Otago, uh, mostly fine cloud in the east this evening Canterbury and the remainder of Otago also for Southland of Fiordland periods of cloud with uh, one or two showers and for the Chatham Islands what have you got today? well it's a partly cloudy day all day for you How about that? Yes, it is a partly cloudy day all day. It's seven minutes past six. Seven past six. Yeah, there
8: we go. It's it's just extraordinary to me that, uh, you know, the government...
2: No, we had her on yesterday, didn't we? What What about this?
9: But that's the only way this is going to be solved, is we need the truth to be exposed.
2: We need more Americans to listen to the truth. This is Senator Ron Johnson. He's very good. To be exposed to the truth. To pull their heads out of the sand, quite honestly, open up their
9: eyes and understand what is happening in this country. We are going down a very dangerous path, but as a path is being laid out and planned by an elite group of people that want to take total control over our lives. And that's what they're doing bit by bit. They do it by increasing mass, you know, massive government spending, increasing the size of government, uh, take over of the WHO. These amendments that are coming up uh, that are going to be voted on in 2024 the WHO are frightening, and they, they really risk taking away all of our sovereignty. But people have to awake, awaken to the dangers of the moment.
2: They've got to wake up alright. They def- definitely do. I'm, I'm skittering around here trying to find news stuff. Looks like they've changed their website and I'm now I don't know where I am with it. It's, it's awful. I don't, I don't like it at all. It's all washed out. Let's see. I'll just click on news and see if it brings us back to something that resembles what I'm used to. It's all running a bit slow too this morning. Uh, it is over at stuff anyway. So, uh, where were we? Anyway, we are over at Sky News, weren't we? Oh, why don't we play a few videos? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, let's do that. Um, we've got that, that star. Do, do, that was the last thing just before the news, wasn't it? It's nine minutes past two, nine past six, two, by the way. Good morning to you. Um, who, she's a major Aussie star. She wins big at the Emmys. Sarah Snook. She snuck in and she wiped the floor. With the, in the award season, adding an Emmy to her list of trophies, won this year for her outstanding work in the HBO TV series Succession. But our one did all right. What was her name? I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, now we've got um, N- Nauru. They did not ask Australia for handouts, says Albanese government. Australia was not approached by Nauru for more money to operate immigration detention centre on the island. With that story... Uh, we have, who do we have there? Who's going to be giving us the story? It looks as though it is, um, don't know, but we'll have a listen.
10: Well, Australia was not approached by Nauru for more money to operate an immigration detention centre on the island. It's believed a funding spat with Taiwan contributed to Nauru's decision to sever diplomatic ties. Live to political reporter Cameron Redden in Canberra. So Cam, another Pacific nation cuts ties with Taiwan. What's Australia's role in all of this?
11: There, Tom, there were 12, and this decision by Nauru, less than 48 hours following Taiwan's presidential election to adopt a one-China stance, means there are now just 11 nations around the world that recognise Taiwan as an independent nation. Worth noting, Australia isn't one of those 11 either, also recognising Taiwan as a province of China as a whole. But this spat today, in terms of funding, we'll get to in a moment. Australia's role in this has been very much an observer at this stage. While we were given a heads-up uh, of, of this, the um, the uh, defence industry minister, the minister for the Pacific today, Pat Conroy, acknowledging that the decision to distance diplomatic relations and to sever those between Nauru and Taiwan was very much a decision taken on Nauru's part as a sovereign nation.
0: This was a decision by the sovereign government of Nauru, and we respect their decision. Was the Australian government taken by surprise by this announcement by Nauru? No,
1: I, I can be very clear that we were aware. Uh, in advance of the announcement.
11: So the decisions and the reasoning behind this decision have not yet explicitly been spelled out, but there has been reporting on local Taiwan media today in relation to one potential factor that played into Nauru's decision to sever ties with Taiwan. It relates to a request made by Nauru to Taiwan for $125 million in funding to cover what it claims was a shortfall of income due to a temporary closure of Australia's immigration detention centre on that island. Australia's government disputes that claim. It says the detention centre was never closed, that instead, most of the time, it has no people on it, there's no asylum seekers there, but from time to time, for small periods, for a few days or a few weeks at a time, it is used in the process of deportation, but predominantly there's nobody there. So, a request made by Ty- uh, by Nauru to Taiwan for $125 million dollars, They then enter an election campaign, time goes by, ultimately that funding is not provided. So the reporting in Taiwan today claims that with no funding provided, China, the People's Republic, has stepped in, made an offer to Nauru to pick up the tab, essentially, of $125 million, And at that point, Nauru has decided to switch its position to adopt a one-China stance. Australia, for its part, continues to fund the operation of the Nauru Detention Centre to the tune of up to $350 million a year. And Sky News understands there has been no change to that funding model. And as well as no direct offer or request from Nauru to Australia to change that funding in any way, including any additional request for funding. So, Tom, we're still asking questions to get to the bottom of the exact reasoning behind this shift in position. As far as we understand it, though, this request for new funding, which may have contributed to it, was made directly to Taiwan with no involvement of Australia.
2: There we are. They've got some different voices, have they? Aussies. yeah, it's different, and, they, and I don't know if they use, I think they speak from the throat instead of the diaphragm. I think that's that's the difference there compared to, say, Americans. I think Americans, are, that's what I love about Americans. On the whole, generally, you know, they always, that's been what I've, my observation, is that they know how to string a sentence together. So there's obviously their schooling is better than ours because it's hopeless here in this country, uh, I think. You've really got to send your kids somewhere else um, to get some extra, you know, Uh, after school help Um, or had a text through from Matt uh, what does he say Matt one of our listeners g'day Matt Uh, he says hey Grant I used to roast my own coffee beans in an old popcorn maker they turned out great well it turned out great just don't have much time anymore because he's Pretty you know, doesn't have much time to dedicate to it. He says he's pretty busy. Air blows, so it blows air and spins at the same time, so works really well for roasting beans. Yeah, that's what you need. It's the airflow that I've been forgetting about, because I've got them in the barbecue spinning around, but there's not enough airflow in there. And I think it also could be tainted too. I think I've got to make you've got to make sure your barbecue's clean. Uh that's what I think, otherwise it's gonna yield those meat flavours. But then that could that might be could be quite nice, couldn't it? Add a a bit of meat. And also, using a galvanized rod is probably not a good idea either. I mean, that would be poisonous, I would think. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, Donald Trump, de facto nominee for Republican candidate. Aidan Smith reports. Um, The U.S. analyst Aidan Smith says Donald Trump, uh, winning the Iowa, uh, what does it say, winning, winning, winning Iowa caucuses. I wonder why they call that caucuses. Has proven the former president is on track to be the next president. This is a bit long, that one, so we won't go into that. We could we could just get a minute of it. How about that, just a minute, just to give you a snippet um, of um, this fellow, Aidan. Uh, yep, yeah, so here he is now, and uh, but we won't do this. Seven minutes, far too long, can't do that.
10: Joining me is independent political analyst, analyst Aiden Smith for more on this. Thanks for your time. Well, does anything surprise you? What do you take out of the result we've seen so far this afternoon in Australian time, but, of course, evening in Iowa?
9: I think it's affirmatively clear to the vast majority of people watching that this caucus has pretty much proven that stands a Hail Mary in political terms of that we can't even envision. Donald Trump is on track to definitely be the nominee. Which...
2: Hey, I've been saying it wrong. I, I, it's just caucus, even though it's got that S on the end of it. But, but it's, I don't know, why do they spell it like that? It's just crazy. Anyway, we'll continue.
9: Which A year ago, back when DeSantis was polling much better looked like it was actually, there were question marks around it. The only remaining thing is the New Hampshire primary. If Nikki Haley does come out with an upset, you might see media headlines in mainstream media around Trump potentially losing the nomination. You know, you might see that picking up some steam. But irrespective of that, it's very clear that Trump is not just in pole position to win the nomination, but is basically the de facto nominee as it stands.
2: There you go. So there we will leave that one there. I think we've got the gist of it there. Very good. Now we've got more news, world news, incredibly disappointing event for Ron DeSantis in Iowa. Uh, we do, uh, I don't know, who do we want to talk about, the, the loser? Uh, Iowa caucus. It says caucus there, but then on the front page it says caucuses. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Someone tell me. what well, you we shouldn't have to tell... You were just telling everybody how you get the Daniel Jones English Pronunciation Dictionary and you don't need to ask other people how to pronounce words. Yeah, but would caucus be in there? Well, I don't know. Go and have a look. Well, I don't have one because I loaned it to somebody and they never returned it, which is the usual story, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, did you write your name on it, and your phone number? Well, I did, but I'd probably change my phone number. Oh, well, you only got yourself to blame. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, well, we'll forget about that. Well, we've got the Iowa caucus results... Have um, seen incredible, been an incredibly disappointing evening for Ron DeSantis last night, according to the University of Sydney political scientist. Oh, go we'll have a li- we'll have a listen and see what he has to say. Political scientists are they interesting people? Let's find out and see if they are. You've seen it this afternoon. The Iowa caucuses have been run and won. Donald Trump. Well, there we are. He did he he did say caucuses, and um, now who was that fellow too? By the way, can I can I go back? Oh, I was going to give his name. I think his name's Tom. He's going to emerge with, it looks like, more than 50% of the vote
10: in these caucuses. And that does mean, as we expected, he's very much in the box seat to get the Republican nomination. The question will be, who's going to finish up in second spot? Joining me again now to wrap up a huge day at the Iowa caucuses, our US political expert, Simon Jackman. A bit's happened since we last spoke. We've had reaction from uh, all the four main contenders in this uh, caucus. One of them drop out. And perhaps another one, even though Nikki Haley finished third, is she now the favourite to finish second overall, not just in this primary, but the whole primary process?
12: Yeah, look, I think that's a reasonable surmise, Tom, about Nikki Haley coming in second, for what that's worth. Um, Ron DeSantis has been really caught in in a pincer movement, um, trying to be more Trump than Trump, on the one hand, but really lacking, I think, the authenticity to do it, at the same time opening up some real estate for that segment of the Republican caucus-goers who wanted something other than a candidate like Trump. Uh, and so I think, in, in the end, DeSantis wound up sort of without a, a particularly big constituency. He will finish second in Iowa, but, but he really needed to n- knock Nikki Haley out of the race. That has not happened. And as I was saying earlier, Tom, I think once we move on to New Hampshire in short order, Nikki Haley's message yeah, will find much more receptivity in New Hampshire. I don't think that's going to be a particularly friendly state uh, for, for the Ron DeSantis message. And I think that lack of political real estate for DeSantis becomes more pressing as we go forward. Of course, we go to South Carolina, uh, Nikki Haley's home state. Uh, that's not going to uh, be, be a uh, welcome for, for Ron DeSantis either. So mm. incredibly disappointing evening for him and his supporters. Uh, but but that is yeah. uh, that is primary politics. It is tough, tough business.
10: Well, we should mention why as well. I mean, Nikki Haley made this major gaffe around basically, um, what was it, New Hampshire just corrects what happens in Iowa. Um, and we know that the primaries can be so self-fulfilling. Once you get a little bit of a low result or the media start talking about who's going to win, who's going to come second... The next state goes, oh, well, we know they're irrelevant. Who are we going to pick out of these two? That's why early results matter so much, right?
12: That's the front-loading, and that's why what we're what we talking about when we talk about the big mo, uh, momentum in, in primaries. <laughs> it's that game of expectations, who the media chooses to cover, and, of course, the, the money, Tom, um, to keep these campaigns afoot. And this is something Trump has done so well this cycle. Excellent ground game funding uh, a machinery precinct captains right across the state now to do that to have a storefront blanketing a state like Iowa at the same time you've got to be spooling up in new hampshire and south carolina that takes a lot of money and once the donors get the sense that that this is not going to play out well how long do you want to keep sending checks to a, to a losing candidacy very, very smartly get in behind yeah. the winner. And that's why the field winnows. And I think particularly, Tom, it's not even close, right? Trump has run away with this. It's 51 and then a couple of 20s. This is not 2016 with a three-way split with, you know, three percentage points no. separating the top three finishes, as we saw in 2016. We are done um, pretty much at least as the the top of the ticket, I think. And, and we're really scrapping yeah. over over what the shape... Of it looks like beyond that.
10: Well, of course, and then the legal matters, you know, are significant for that reason. Let me ask you in 30 seconds or so, though, what do you make, given all that, if Donald Trump's emerging or has emerged clearly as the nominee, but apparently the money raising for Joe Biden is dwindling? Shouldn't this be the time where they say, well, he's got to be our man?
12: Yeah, so look, um, the Biden campaign, on the one hand, is trying to put out spokespeople saying we're, we're in great shape on fundraising. Um, I think the data reveal reveal always they would like to be in much stronger shape. Look, it's, it's the same enthusiasm gap there that I think is plaguing his poll numbers. A lot of people reluctantly being drawn to accept the fact that Biden is going to be the nominee, and most likely it will be a Biden-Trump uh, um, uh, election. I think you know, right. hold your beer. Um, there's a long way to go. <laughs> and I think once the nature of this contest becomes clear that it's Biden-Trump, okay. Democrats and, and centrists will have no choice but to write some checks for
2: Joe Biden. There we are. That is a good story. That's Professor Simon Jackman. He's at the University of Sydney political scientist. There he is. That was a good story, wasn't it? Yeah, we know all about it now. Nikki Haley, though. Wow. I don't know. I, I don't think Trump should have anything to do with her, frankly but he might decide that his people, his advisors, and he's got, and you know, the Bible says, uh, there's, um, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors and he's got a lot of good people around him, Donald Trump. And that's the most important thing. My brother taught me that my brother, Trevor, he taught me that right at the very start of our business. Cause he's eight years older than me. And so he, he knew a lot. He'd already, he was already like senior in a, a senior sort of management in a company, uh, before we decided to go into publishing together. And, uh, so he, he, he knew quite a lot. And, um, so, yep, and so he, it was the best thing I ever did was going into business with my brother. Normally you don't go into business with your, with your family, and um, Mary Jane didn't think it was going to work out, but she was quite pleas- pleasantly surprised, and it did. And I'd love to do another one, another business with Trevor. Um, I, feel like, I feel like I've got another business in me. I didn't, though, before I went on the carnival diet. I felt absolutely shagged. I felt like a 90-year-old after my fall that I had last year. I tripped over some dunnage when I was lifting some steel with my son. And you um, fell back. I didn't want him to get hurt, so uh, it was a big, long length, eight meters long, about a quarter of an inch thick, which is you know it was five mil actually, five mil, and it was four inches by four inches, a hundred by a hundred. So it weighed over a hundred kgs, and we shouldn't have done it. It was a silly thing to do, but I didn't have the lifting gear because we had a new, got a new workshop, and I didn't have all my lifting gear in place. So we thought, oh, we'll just lift it off because the truck drivers they won't do it. They won't touch it with a barge pole. They don't want to hurt themselves. Uh, and so we did. We just pulled it off, and it was quite a high, high um, flatbed on this truck, and uh, but the dunnage was high as well. It was a good three, three inches off the ground, and I tripped on it and fell back, and I just held onto the thing and just leaned up against the wall. But I did a massive squat, you know. I mean, when old people do squats when they're not warmed up, it's not a good thing. Twenty-five minutes past six, too. By the way, for those of you that are clock watching, it's, isn't it awful having to watch your clock again? I'd hate to have to do that. Oh, I do. I do do that <laughs> now. I do radio, but it was quite good. Um, I I don't wear a wristwatch, but I think I might, especially if I go fishing, because I could use that if I ended up in the water. I could use that to um, get the attention of nearby fishermen, which is what happened last week, wasn't it, with that fisherman that went overboard in his forty-foot vessel? He caught it. Look like I think he might have caught a broadbill on it, and uh, on the you know on the line, and ended up in the water. And he said a shark came up and sniffed him as well, but then went away. Thank goodness. Obviously, it didn't smell very nice. Anyway, so I do believe that Vivek Ramaswamy. I believe that he is the one that Trump will choose. And I could be wrong on this. Um, maybe it's maybe maybe they say no, go with Nikki. Uh, but I really like that Vivek Ramaswamy, and he's putting all his effort behind Trump. And he might be doing that just to you know schmooze up to him. I don't know, but uh, I think he could be in there to be um, running mate. That's what I think. Anyway, oh, by the way, thank you very much, Matt. Matt is just a fantastic uh, g- uh, young guy. Um, I think he he lives down – I think he's just north of um, Wellington in a place called well, – the locals call it Paraparam, but I think he's in Paraparaumu, as far as I know. Could be. I think we talked like that. Um, anyway, I'm, and he's a tradesman, tradesman, yeah, and I'm not sure – I think I'm not with, Not sure whether it's um, electrical or um, it's something to do with building anyway – and but I have to have a longer conversation. But he's he's done quite a bit of that roasting. He says it's the airflow that's really important. Just doesn't have time to do it now because he's flat out. You know he's got wife and kids, and he's onto it. And but he's great because he loves coffee. But he also he loves it so much that he bought me five cups of coffee on Buy Me a Coffee. Hey, if you are feeling depressed, <laughs> why don't you go over and spend some money? Give it to me. <laughs> I'll take it. Buy me a coffee. Uh, because I got defunded, you know that, don't you? Right at the very start, well, first of all, they took I had a, quite a good following on, on YouTube, and quite a big following, and they just wiped my channel, took the whole thing off without any warning. And that was right at the start of the COVID pandemic, Jovid uh, pandemic. Better be careful because I'm not sure what we're going out on this morning. Yeah. And um, so, uh, yeah, uh, lost my train of thought. Uh, well, this these things happen 28 minutes past six. Tell the time if you're not sure what to say next. That's what they say. <laughs> All this fog, we've got fog happening, so it's obviously, um, you know, autumn is coming, isn't it? The fall, Americans they call it fall. Um, it's coming because there's um, you can just see it just whooshing across the lower paddocks. So I thought about maybe putting a, a greenhouse down there, but I don't think it'd be a good idea. It's your glass house, or well, not glass, you know, made of sort of plastic now, aren't they? Long life plastic. But I don't know if it's a good idea because it'd be cooler down there. I'd say it'd be quite cold. Normally, I have my thermometer or my my temperature gauge just outside uh, the studio window. But I've got it in the freezer at the moment. It's minus seventeen. Gosh, it took me ages to get those that meat down to down to freezing point. It took me about four days to actually get it down. I mean, it was cool enough for it, but man, alive, it. Took a while. When you've got a beast that's got you know ambient temperature of a, of a beast is probably I don't know thirty seven degrees or something. And to get that thing down to minus 17, just took a bit of freezing. Uh, anyway, so I, I, what I also do is I put, I make sure the fridge is full. It uses less power if it's full. So I fill it with, um, when I use some milk or you know, empty milk bottles, you know, uh, plastic containers, I buy the three-litre ones because they're cheaper. They're probably not very good for you, though, because they they boil just about everything out of it. They don't boil it. They take it up to 65 degrees uh, uh, Celsius, and um, that is c- kills all the good stuff. <laughs> And it's only because they don't, you know, they don't want um cow. There'll be cow poop in it, or, you know, when they're just not clean enough, I suppose, on these farms because they've got all these foreign workers coming in, and they, their idea of cleanliness and ours is two different things. But the best milk is raw milk. That's that's proper. But they're trying to tell us now it's all bad for you, but it's not. It's good for you. Very, very good. Very important too. I know a Murray lady. She used to tell me that she had beautiful complexion. She said her mother, well, two rabbits just ran along, ran outside there. Uh, anyway, she said that her mother used to um, bathe her, she used to wash her face in milk, the milk, the fresh, the raw milk, and she put it on her skin. I don't know why, but uh, she had beautiful complexion, so maybe that was it. So she thanks her Maori mother for that. Lovely married lady. Now, um, back to the United States, and uh, Americans, they don't want another Trump-Biden rematch apparently, Nikki Haley. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley has spoken after coming third in the Iowa caucuses, saying America deserves better than both. What a terrible thing to say. She's got no chance, no chance, of being a running mate with Donald Trump. She has cooked her goose, and so has Ron DeSantis, frankly, but here's that report from Sky News. Get back to the Iowa caucuses, Donald Trump, of course... Is going to win this one. Nikki Haley finishing third, but
10: this was considered a pretty good result for her. Not expected to be as strong in this state. Let's listen into her reaction live.
8: be grateful for the time that Long we have. At one point in this campaign,
13: there
2: were... Terrible sound, isn't it? Shocking sound. You think they get that right? And she's got a, you know, sort of a weak female voice anyway. But it'd be good if they got the sound right. Why couldn't they do that?
8: 14 of us running. I was at 2% in the polls. But tonight, Iowa did what Iowa always does so well. The pundits will analyze the results from every angle. We get that. But when you look at how we're doing in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, and beyond,
2: To me, she just looks absolutely... She's just a beautiful woman, I think. And she just looks like an all-American woman, just a wholesome, lovely person. And I think that's why... I think that's why people go go for her. That's what I think. Anyway, that's my my opinion. That's your opinion. You're sticking to it. Yeah, I am.
8: I can safely say, tonight... Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. Tonight, tonight, I will be back in the great state of New Hampshire. And the question before Americans is now very clear. Do you want more of the same? Or do you want a new generation of conservative leadership?
2: Anyway, she goes on and on about that. And she's very good. Nikki Haley, there we are. I, I came third, though. And I think that's going to be the way it's going to be uh, all the way through, really. And she got, hadn't got a snowball's chance, really, to go. To come up against Trump, nobody has. But I, I, I as I said, I think uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. He'd be, I'd be putting my money on him. I mean, I remember having this uh, debate back in 2015 with some friends on board their boat, um, good, good, oh, good old Rowley and we were sitting there at Pier 21, having a talk and uh, a cup of tea and uh, whatever. And um, he said, um, and I said, I'll, I'll bet you, because apparently there's beating. You can do this online beating. And uh, apparently uh, there was they had some quite good, it was paying quite good money for Trump because no one thought he had, they didn't think he had a chance. And I said, I think Trump's going to win. Just because I'd been listening to him and uh, some of those speeches on YouTube there, I was listening to those and, and the rallies. And I thought, no, I think he's going to win. And um, I should have put some money on it, I suppose, but I didn't. And, but, but I sort of got out of that because I didn't really think gambling is a place for, I mean, that's I'd be still doing harness racing. I was a trainer and um, I, I'd still be doing that now if, if it wasn't for all the gam- gambling, just the guilt. I felt a bit guilty, you know, being involved in that industry. I mean, it is a wonderful industry. It it gives, it provides a lot of jobs for a lot of people. So it would be a terrible thing for that to end in this country. Um, but I just sort of felt it wasn't for me as a Christian. You know, I, sh- I shouldn't be wasting my time with that when I should be doing other things, you know, talking to people about the, um, about the hope that's within us Christians. You know, the hope, the hope. We've got a future hope that's fantastic. We've got a, an eternal hope that the other people, they have no hope. And our hope is wonderful because the Bible says one day the Lord himself will return and he's going to return into the air, first of all. He won't return actually to the earth itself. He'll return into the air with his mighty angels uh, and he's going to uh, rapture. That's a, a Latin word and it just means caught up. He's going to catch away the saints, all those that trust in him, that trust that his blood was so pure and so powerful and so precious that it was able to wash, wash away all of our sins, just like that, just by believing that he, that he laid down his life for us, that he died and rose again three days later. That's all you have to do. Just believe that in your heart. I believe that. I believe you died for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying for my sins. Thank you for washing me clean with your blood. Nothing else is required. Nothing. You don't have to be a good person. You'll you'll endeavor to, the Bible will straighten you out. The Proverbs will straighten you out. The Psalms will make you feel cheerful. The Bible's there for us to grow. We don't have to be this perfect. Just come as you are. That That old hymn, Just As I Am. Uh, and so that, and that's what it is. But now we've got these cults and we've got these, the modern type, form of Christianity which are telling people that they need to be this perfect human being in order to be saved. Well, you don't, because you're never going to be good enough. No one's going to be good enough. None of us are. In fact, I find non-Christians sometimes are better human beings, more honest than Christians. And that is a bit of a shame, and it just means that you know we haven't been reading our Bible properly. We haven't been washing ourselves in, in the Word of God. Every day, and that's what it says. How shall a young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to thy word? That's what the scripture says. I might have messed up the translation, <laughs> the quote, but it's along those lines just read your Bible every day. And that's something, and I say this to uh, as someone that doesn't read it enough. I am one of those people that don't read the Bible enough, and so I've got to do more of it. Um, there's a fellow, Ray Ray, um, Ray Ray Comfort, he's from Christchurch he living been living over in California for a long, long time. He's a wonderful evangelist over there, Ray Comfort, helped a lot of young people get started uh, in, in you know, ministry and doing a great work. I think he's, it's one of the most profitable bit, uh, ministries in the United States, but it all goes back. He just lives in a modest home, drives it. I think he rides a bike with a dog on the front, <laughs> a little, one of those little funny little dogs. Uh, anyway, he um, puts it all back in, and so he's just great. Um, Where was I going with this? I don't know. Um, yeah, basically, you've just got to. I mean, you can't just carry on, you know, living like the devil. You've got to. You know, I mean, but that shows you that there's been an inward change, isn't it? It's not a requirement salvation. It's, it's a result of the faith that you have uh, being a better person. Uh, but it's not required to get to heaven. And you can be in your 90s, you know, you can be 100 years old. And on your deathbed, you can cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive you and save you. And, you know, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we confess them to him. Not to the priest, not to Mary, but to the pri- uh, to, <laughs> to the high priest, the king of kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one we call out to, and we're able to call out to him directly. So we don't need a conduit. We don't need to have the Roman Catholic cult of Mary worship to get to heaven. Uh, we, we go by the biblical model. See, I can show you how to get to heaven the Bible way. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's what the Bible says. Here we are. Now, uh, we'll move back to uh, U.S. politics Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley. We've got her. Yeah, she, she was good. Terrible sound at the start, though. So, so she's so proud of us. Uh, this is a Trump honours late mother-in-law in Iowa victory speech. Donald Trump has paid tribute to his late mother-in-law in a victory speech following his win in the Iowa Republican caucus. Good on you, Donnie. Donald, uh, thousands of German farmers overseas. This is international affairs at the International News Desk. I'm Grant Edwards. Uh, Oh, hang on, I've got to play some things here. Yeah, here we go.
0: Grant Edwards, 88.1 FM, for wireless.
2: Hmm. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Uh, You make me sound great. You do. You do, you do. makes it sound like a very professional show. 21 minutes to 7 o'clock. And in international affairs, uh, we've got uh, thousands of German farmers. They bring Berlin to a standstill and protest. German farmers have descended upon Berlin to protest against the rising costs and government plans to gradually eliminate agricultural fuel which is a very silly thing. Uh, in the United States, Putin and I get along fine, according to Trump. Trump promises to resolve the Russian-Ukraine war. Donald Trump has promised to uh, resolve it uh, very fast, he said, if he wins the upcoming presidential election. Also in international affairs, US-striking Houthi, Houthis, I say it's Houthis, uh, everyone's saying Houthis, but I don't think it's right, uh, they make uh, makes the blockade more effective, Dr. Trita Paris. Uh, Parsi says the U.S. striking the Houthis in Yemen benefits the Red Sea blockade, uh, argues Quincy Institute Executive Vice President, Dr. Trita Perry. we better go, a look, I don't know if it's a bloke or a, or a sheila. Is it a, is it a bloke or a sheila? I don't know. It's us have a listen. Okay, Let's have a listen.
10: Joining me for more on this is Dr. Trita Parsi, Executive Vice President at the Quincy Institute woman. in Washington, D.C. Thanks for your time. Fascinating a blank, to see yeah. that there are still successful strikes going on at the moment with the presence of these U.S. warships. But what does it say around how hard this Houthi threat is to combat?
14: Well, I think from the very beginning, it was quite clear that the United States would have tremendous difficulty deterring the Houthis uh, uh, from
2: conducting these strikes. The Houthis have already fought the Saudis and the U.S., See, he says Houthis. I think Houthis is right. and he looks like a Muslim, so he'd probably know, wouldn't he?
14: For more than eight years, and they've come out on top in that war. Uh, They have capabilities uh, provided to them, most likely from Iran, more than 200,000 fighting troops, according to the CIA. Uh, And one of the challenges the US faces is that the Houthis actually don't have to succeed in striking the ships. By just simply shooting rockets, it's enough to get... Western vessels not to use the Red Sea because the risk is simply too high. So even without actually successfully striking any of these targets, the heightening of the tensions that has come as a result of the U.S. striking the Houthis essentially makes their blockade of the Red Sea more effective. And their objective is to force Israel into a ceasefire and stop the bombardment of Gaza. And the question raises then, of course, why the Biden administration did not even consider that option Uh, in order to stop these attacks by the
2: Houthis. Because they're not scared of you. That's why. They're not scared. Uh, I don't know whose side are you on, Doctor. So
10: what you allude to there, I suppose, is the fact that we're talking not about the warships, the threat to them, but civilians who are on these cargo ships. When you have, even though this this missile strike didn't actually take the ship down, the, the, the most recent one, If you're considering heading there, if you're going to say to your family, hey, I'm off for another cargo ship run, you're probably not going to want to go to the Red Sea, are you? It's not going to take much more to deter people from wanting to get on these ships, whether or not the company wants them to or not.
14: Absolutely. And the company itself probably wouldn't want that anyways, because um, the insurance cost, et cetera, is so high that it's actually better to take a different route. And the issue is that with the US now beginning to bombard the Houthis, we're not seeing anything that actually indicates that the threat is lessened and that the sea lanes are open. On the contrary, the tensions are higher and more ships are now actually avoiding uh, the Red Sea as a result. Now, one could argue, well, if the US just hits them uh, much harder and degrades their capabilities, perhaps this will stop. I I really find that quite unlikely. And again, it raises the question, there were other options available to the president. It was very clear that Houthis said that they would stop their attacks if there was a ceasefire in Gaza. During the six days in which there was a ceasefire in Gaza in the late November of last year, the Iraqi militias completely stopped their attacks against US troops. There's only one attack in the Red Sea that we can, with confidence, attribute to the Houthis. So it seems like there was a, a, an other option that actually had proven effective. And if the Biden administration really wanted to keep these sea routes uh, open and avoid the type of escalation towards a larger war in the region, then it seems like that option should have at least been tried before using force.
10: The the sort of job of the warships has been fascinating and of itself likened to World War II. That they try to bunch cargo ships together and have warships almost escorting them. So it, it's been. Um, You know, that's the strategic thing at play. But the broader element you alluded to there, it's it's Irani backed hooties. What's the danger of escalation here? Because the U.S. is now showing a willingness, not surprisingly, to strike back. What's the danger of of escalation? How would that likely play out if it did?
14: Well, uh, the danger of escalation is quite significant. We saw the Iranian striking Erbil earlier today, very close to the U.S. consulate. We're just walking closer and closer towards a much larger regional confrontation, which will not end well for anyone. I and mean, the United States' last few wars in the Middle East have been complete strategic disasters. Yet here we are again, and again, the bias in the thinking, in the calculation, is towards using military force, despite the fact that it's been proven over and over again not
10: to be effective. Good trade pass Appreciate your time today. Thank you.
2: Okay, yep, that's old a Parsi doctor there. Um, I, um, I don't think I agree with what he says, but it, all these wars happening, hey, you must be thinking, gosh, maybe the Bible is true after all. Wouldn't you be thinking that? I would be. Um, here's what Jesus said back in Matthew 24, verse 6. He said, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So, you know, even though he was talking to the disciples back then, 2,000 years ago, really he's talking to us today, isn't he? He's teaching us today. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. He's saying, don't worry, Christians. Don't worry. Um, End is not yet. These are just the the birth pangs. A bit like a woman in childbirth. These are just happening. They'll get closer together. They said there's going to be earthquakes in different places. All over the show, off the earthquake belt, that sort of thing. Wars and rumors of wars. There'll be false Christ pretending that they are Christ, but he says don't believe them. When they say there he is out there in the desert, whatever, don't don't believe them because it's nonsense. Because when Jesus Christ returns, and if you're a flat earther, it makes total sense. Every eye shall see him. If you're on, the, if you're a spinning ball um, globe uh, person that believes that we live on a spinning ball, spinning at a thousand miles per hour. Uh, then it's not going to make sense, is it? How could people that are at the bottom of the earth down here in New Zealand see uh, and the ones you know up near Russia, they'll see him coming. The Bible says he returns with ten thousands of his saints, so that means us Christians are going to be coming back with him. So for, in order for us to be coming back with him, we must have to be taken away first so that we can come back with him. 10,000 of his saints and with his mighty angels it's going to be in flaming fire and he's going to take vengeance on all those that know not God. And obey not the gospel, and what is the gospel? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. It's as simple as A, B, C. A, all have sinned. B, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. C, um, well, what's C? Uh, uh, confess your sins, I suppose. I don't know. Oh, you don't have to confess. Oh, yes, you do. Yeah, I think you do. You do. You do. Yeah, but you'll read the Bible and then you'll know. Don't listen to me. (laughs) What do I know? I'm just one. I'm just a voice on the radio. I don't know anything. Now, um, we are still with uh, Sky News, whom I absolutely love. Uh, now apparently Trump says it's destroying our country. He slams Biden as the worst president in United States history. former president us Donald Trump yeah, u.s President donald Trump uh, former rather he slams Joe Biden as the worst president in history in the United States in his victory speech. let's have a quick listen to that because it's only a minute a minute long. The only trouble with me going to these is you can't actually um, you can't actually uh, look at anything else so I'm stuck. I'm stuck here with you. It's 12 minutes to seven
7: and they're terrorists, many terrorists are coming in. You know, in 2019, I saw just recently on a poll, they had none in 29, no terrorists. Now, I even say Mm. there's gotta be some, but they have none. And then as soon as this group took over, they have hundreds and hundreds of terrorists coming in, known terrorists, some of them really bad. And many of them are in and they came in and nobody knows where they are. This is not a good thing. And we're going to have to deport this. We're going to have to have a deportation level that We haven't seen in this country for a long time since Dwight Eisenhower actually <clears throat> So I don't want to be overly uh, rough on the president But I have to say that He is the worst president that we've had in the history of our country. He's destroying our country And you know, my wife attended the funeral two months ago of Rosalind Carter, and it was beautiful. And Jimmy Carter was there, and I thought to myself, Jimmy Carter is happy now because he will go down as being a brilliant president by comparison to Joe Biden. He'll be a brilliant president. He's going to be, going to be known as brilliant
2: by comparison. Honestly, Trump looks younger. Sounds good, sounds younger, and he looks younger. I don't know if he had a facelift or what. And his son behind him, Donald Trump, Trump Jr., he looks stoic. Absolutely fantastic there, sitting, standing next to him. So he's, he's he's right there with his dad. So maybe he's going to be running, mate. I don't know. I still think Vivek Ramishwamy would be, and I hope he's involved. He's, me he's independent political. No, no, we won't have you just, yet. You just wait there, young fellow. Uh, we might have a look at that Trump de facto nominee for Republican candidate. Aiden Smith. Well, yeah, let's look at that right now. It's ten to seven.
10: Analyst, analyst, Aiden Smith for more on this. Thanks for your time. Well, does anything surprise you? What do you take out of the result? We've.
2: Oh, I beg your pardon. No, we had him. Get back to the back to the um, back to the uh, yeah Vivek Ramaswamy. Let's hear that. This is just a short one. A Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. He has suspended his campaign and he's endorsed the former president Donald Trump after receiving. Uh, the uh, receiving the round. What does that mean? Receiving round eight percent. Oh, he. That's what he received. Around eight percent in the Iowa caucuses. They call it. Mm, here we go. Here he is. Vavik.
15: As I've said since the beginning, there are two America First candidates in this race. And earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now, going forward, he will have my full endorsement.
2: You know, he is he is the Strive Asset Management co founder and executive chair too. By the way, he's a real entrepreneur. This fellow, a real entrepreneur. I love entrepreneurs. It's uh, nearly nine minutes to seven, and we'll carry on with the Vivek Ramaswamy
15: for the presidency. And I think we're going to do the right thing for this country.
2: I don't like them when they do that. It says here, Vivek Ramaswamy has suspended. Oh no, we've got all that. No, so, okay, so now there's going to be no voiceover, so we've got no idea what they're talking about. Now, further in the, at the international news desk here with Grant Edwards, uh, we've got, um, our ticket punched. Ron DeSantis comes distant second of the Iowa caucuses. Republican presidential candidate, uh, is going to, re- they're just going to repeat it. He has spoken to supporters. Did we hear him? We did. We heard him. More world news. Um, world is laughing at us, according to Trump. Donald Trump says Americans are embarrassed by the current state of their country as the rest of the world is laughing at us. Air strikes on the Houthi rebels could lead to a much larger regional confrontation. Now, did we do that one? Oh, we did. We had that other funny, funny fellow. Now, chaos erupts in New York City as pro-Palestinians. They're actually pro-terrorists. Uh, they are. That's what they are. Act- most of them are anti they all They all are. They hate Jews. They're Jew haters, they want them all dead. When they start chanting from the river to the sea, that means kill all Jews. Pro-Palestinian protesters have been filmed clashing with police as they took to the streets in Manhattan on Monday. Um, In Japan, the Japan faces numerous aftershocks following the 7.5 earthquake. The ANU School of Earth Sciences Research Fellow, Dr. Chen Xing Zhang, he explains why Japan has experienced so many aftershocks after the 7.5 earthquake. A magnitude earthquake, so we'll go to that uh, clip now, and I think what I'll do for Rumble, uh, Rumble people and others uh, that are listening on different other thingies, uh, I think what I'll do is I might actually do um, a visual for you, so you can actually see see these people talking, I think why not, oh, hang on, I know what's wrong, you do need to turn up the volume, so oh, sorry about that, now can I take it back to the beginning, yes I can, here we are, I'll just zip back to the beginning and then I'll just up the
16: powerful 7.5 earthquake. That
2: Let's start again.
16: Meanwhile, the death toll from a powerful 7.5 earthquake that struck Japan on New Year's Day has continued to climb. At least 221 people have now died and tens of thousands are being housed in emergency shelters, while the country's coastline has shifted 800 kilometres following the natural disaster. Joining me now live is Australian National University seismologist, Dr Chen Jing jijiang Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it.
2: Hey, I don't think I did too bad on that pronunciation. Uh, Yeah, they always look so young, the Japanese, don't they? And often the Chinese too, they look very, very young, and they're actually not young at all.
16: Um, New satellite images show the force of the earthquake was enough to raise two football fields of New Beach. What is the current situation in the region there?
13: Yeah, thanks for having me here. So I think, um, you know, the, this earthquake is like, uh, of course, um, a very big 7.5 uh, magnitude. And then uh, that kind of, uh, you know, very strong energy just caused a lot of damage, uh, building collapse. Uh, and that creates a lot of like, you know, uh, death, uh fatalities as you just mentioned. And then also, uh, this kind of earthquakes actually also trigger some kind of land sliding um which is actually blocking a lot of highways you know uh separating this kind of peninsula with the mainland actually mainland of japan so that actually make it slightly difficult to uh for the rescue okay so um and apart from that um there is also um you know uh, the right after the earthquakes there's a lot of um uh, fires which has caused further kind of damage to uh you know kind of fatalities in that region yeah and but the the government is actually trying to oh. doing a lot of uh, Yeah, sorry.
16: Yeah, I was just going to uh, talk to you about that, about sort of the after effect of all of these kind of earthquakes. Uh, Why are they experiencing so many tremors in the aftermath there?
13: Uh, right, so usually uh, when a big earthquake happened, like 7.5 in this case, it will always, uh, uh, you know, the, the energy uh, it released is, is actually uh, being in big enough to trigger some uh, other, earthquakes uh, you know, adjacent in places, the, to be, the energy to be released. That caused a lot of uh, big uh, aftershocks. So usually uh, uh, earthquakes, all, uh, big earthquakes are always associated. With aftershocks the bigger the number of the earthquake the the uh the, the bigger the earthquake is the the, uh, the more aftershocks it will have Yeah, this is this is kind of the a uh, law empirical law we, we learn in, in the seismology yeah
2: there we are that's um now it's going to it's going to end up go, going to the next one so I've got to stop it before it does that i think otherwise we'll be in trouble now look i'm sorry i had the mic on and you heard me do that i what I do is i do a quick search i do I can it's wonderful having these cell phones isn't it It's marvelous. Uh, Oh, hang on. It is. It's going to go to another video, so I've just got to stop that. Right. And I looked up Luke 21, verse 11 in the King James Bible, because that's the one that's accurate. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, that means different places, and famines and pestilence, and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. So we're getting, we're not there yet, folks. We're not there yet, but it could be close. But, however, the next prophetic event on God's calendar is the rapture of the church. That means all those that believe in the blood of Christ, that it's powerful and pure enough and precious enough to wash away our sins, all of those people, that's us, that's me, we believe that. Uh, we, and w- that we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, it says. And it says the dead in Christ shall rise first. We don't know for how long. They might be here for 40 days, like the other ones were, before they ascended up to heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't know. Uh, or it might be instant, we don't know. But we do know this, that they will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with those people that have been raised from the dead the, from the, in the last 2,000 years, all the believers, and will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then what happens? Well, uh, uh, this is what I believe after reading, and don't take my word for it, read it for yourself. Don't listen to the cults. Don't listen to all the funny Christians that don't hold the Bible as sola scriptura. Listen. Read the Bible yourself. First of all, you need to get saved, though. And you do that by trusting in Jesus Christ, trusting that He laid down His life for you, and that He was that He um, that He He rose again from the dead three days later, according to Scripture. And it was all prophesied. in, in Psalms twenty-two was whether He was thinking on the cross. Isaiah fifty-three, and that was a thousand years before Jesus stepped foot on the earth, before He uh, popped out. And um, and then uh, uh, Isaiah fifty-three. And the Jews are blinded to this; they've been veiled. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, the Apostle Paul, who was Saul, who was a lawyer, you know, um, he was, uh, you know, in the in the Judeo Judeo law. um, He told us that um, uh, that the Jews have been veiled. Isaiah fifty three says, "Go and read it for yourself." Actually, in the King James Bible, it tells us that he's going to he's going to come; he's going to save us. And uh, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And that's who he is. That's who Jesus is. He's not just some, some uh, freedom fighter. You know? And so there's so much rubbish going out there. And of course there is, because why? We have an enemy, the God of this world with a small g. He's our enemy. And so he's out there telling all sorts of just rubbish, some all sorts of BS. Why? Because he doesn't want us to believe in the simplicity that even little children can believe that Jesus died for their sins. All little children know that they were created. We teach that out of them as they grow older. We do that by sending them off to school. First thing we tell them is that they live on a spinning ball. And then we tell them they evolved from monkeys. And no wonder they're killing themselves. No wonder young kids are topping themselves because they've got no hope. But little children do have hope, and we teach it right out of them. And that that is a shocker. And Jesus warns us, better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and to cast yourself into the depth of the sea than to stumble, one of these little ones. Because Jesus said to the disciples, don't stop them from coming to me, for such is the kingdom of God. So all children belong to Jesus. And I believe, and John uh, McClone taught me this, right up until the age of 20, they are. They can be saved, even if they don't believe. They will be saved. Why? Because they don't. They're not fully mature. They don't fully understand. That's why we didn't send men off to fight in wars. Didn't conscript them to fight in wars until they were twenty. That's the reason for that. And so, uh, that's what I believe. It just doesn't seem. It's just not reasonable that a sixteen-year-old that got drunk and stoned and drove a car and killed himself and his mates. It's not reasonable. It's not just. We know that God is just. And so he gives us right up until we're twenty years old. But if you're over that, I will tell you what, you, it's be it on your own head. And so you've been warned. I warn you all the time, don't I? Continuously. Uh, okay, so we're going now to um, to TNT Radio News. We're just finishing off with the anti um, Patrick Henningson, who is definitely an anti semite They they say oh, I just don't like um, don't like Israel, but really it's they they just hate Jews. If it was any other country in the world, they'd be they'd be behind them, but because It's Jewish, they uh, because they're a Jewish state. That's why they hate them, because they're a Jewish state, for no other reason. And the Bible warns us that's what it's going to be all about. They're going to be hated for his name, hated all over the world. Okay, let's go to uh, TNT Radio News right now.
1: To hear a replay of this hour, go to episodes at tntradio.live. Now, TNT
6: Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. North Korea has decided to abandon efforts for peaceful reunification with South Korea, a policy shift confirmed by leader Kim Jong-un. This change involves dismantling government bodies responsible for reunification initiatives and redefining South Korea as the principal adversary in the country's constitution. During a speech to the North Korean parliament on Monday, Kim proposed reclassifying South Korea as the number one hostile country, Following this, the parliament consented to abolish organizations focused on reunification and promoting tourism between the two Koreas, as reported by the state-run Korean Central News Agency. Kim restated his stance that a united Korea is unattainable, blaming Seoul for allegedly attempting to destabilize Pyongyang for territorial gain. He referred back to a late December statement where he highlighted the stark differences between North Korea's idea of reunification under a one-state-two-systems framework and South Korea's aim of unification by absorption. Additionally, Kim accused the United States of escalating military tensions on the Korean Peninsula and turning South Korea into a militarized and subordinate state. He cautioned that military conflict might be unavoidable, stating, "...we don't want war, but we won't avoid it either." Kim emphasized that North Korea would not initiate war unless provoked and warned that this stance should not be perceived as weakness. Only a day after launching an anti-ship cruise missile at a U.S. destroyer in the Red Sea, Iran-backed Houthi rebels have struck again, this time hitting an American-owned commercial vessel off the coast of Yemen. U.S. Central Command said in a January 5th statement that the anti-ship ballistic missile was fired from Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen and struck the American-owned and operated Eagle, Gibraltar a Marshall Islands bulk carrier passing through the Gulf of Aden. The statement said the ship has reported no injuries or significant damage and is continuing its journey. Boris Johnson has joined an uprising against Rishi Sunak, pushing for the Rwanda legislation to take a tougher approach. He called for the government to back amendments proposed by the right wing of the party, which have so far been supported by more than 60 Tory MPs. MPs will debate the amendments today and tomorrow before a vote on the bill tomorrow evening. Just 29 Tory MPs voting against the bill on Wednesday could derail the legislation. Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy has dropped out of the race for the White House after finishing fourth in the first GOP primary of 2024. He has endorsed GOP frontrunner and former President Donald Trump, who won a landslide victory in the Iowa caucuses. The 38-year-old American entrepreneur of Indian descent, who has been skeptical of U.S. membership in NATO, made the announcement while addressing reporters in Des Moines on Monday, admitting that his campaign did not achieve the surprise that they had wanted to deliver. And I'm also
15: making the decision that this has to be an America First candidate in that White House. As I've said since the beginning, there are two America First candidates in this race, and earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. And I think we're going to do the right thing
6: for this country. Fox News contributor Jonathan Turley joined American Reports to discuss House Republicans planning to issue a new Hunter Biden subpoena in the coming weeks.
1: Now, it's not clear what's going on behind the scenes, John. I mean, I don't know if they've been assured that he will answer questions. Uh, Most of us expected him to take the fifth. Yeah. Yeah, And John, I mean, this is uh, really not for the faint of heart. If he answers questions in there, uh, it will be the highest risk moment uh, for him in terms of any hearing
6: so far. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT.
1: Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio Interactive Live Chat Room at TNTradio.live, lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Fearless, informative, and unfettered. Mark Morano
2: is unleashed on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, there we are. I stepped away for a moment there <laughs> five minutes past seven stepped away i thought i 've got time. Uh, what was that now the um what was that um that series there that uh, oh it was a movie um mr incredible <laughs> i 've got time I got time, but i i didn 't have time. I just had to step out and see a man about a racehorse, but um it didn 't uh, didn 't pan out i wasn 't quick enough there, beginning a bit slow in my old age anyway we'll plan we 'll plan another little our uh, piece so that we 've got the um uh, got the, um, the, the rights of to uh, to take the news from TNT, which is fantastic. And you can find them at TNT Radio. That's TNT.Radio. I think, oh no, TNTRadio.live. They are. Also, don't forget RCR, they're going to be back on air soon. And my good friend, uh, what to, what's, what's your friend's name? You've forgotten your friend's name. I know. <laughs> it's um, Jaspreet. Jaspreet Boparai, who's who and her and a husband and family are farmers down in Southland. Uh, and they and she's going to be back on the radio from 10 to 1. And I think it's, I'm not sure if it's every day, but 10 to 1 on RCR Radio. You can find them at Radio. With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free
1: of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth
2: and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. And silly on me, I didn't have time to organise the um, the weather, you know, from Chris's wonderful weather, a proper radio uh, pronouncer. Uh, let's look at the extremes. is still the highest, with 21 degrees. They are actually at 21 degrees right now. Twizel's the lowest still, but dropped again, 6.5 degrees down in Twizel. Nugget Point has 26 kilometres of wind per hour, which is only not even 10 knots, I don't think. Disgusting. And uh, the rain has eased quite substantially, 0.2 millimetres of rains falling there. The temperatures right across the main centre, Stewart Islands on 12 degrees, Chatham Islands 14, Invercargill 11, Dunedin 13, Timaru 9, Christchurch 11, Blenheim has 12 degrees. Back down to Queenstown, they've got 11 this morning along with France Joseph on the west coast, a little bit further up the coast there into Westport, 14 degrees, and Nelson at the top of the South Island, pretty much 15 degrees for you. At the Wasp's Nest in Wellington, where all the, um, now I'm going to tell you something, we're look, look on this day in history, we've got 240, no, t- 120. They only needed 80. 87, I think it was. That was Governor Gray on this day, too. That uh, happened, the Constitution Act. So we'll read about that, too, with um, this day in history. I'll do that in a minute. 17th of January, 1853, I believe. Wellington, 14 degrees, along with Masterton. Napier has 18, along with Palmerston North and New Plymouth. Tarpo has 14 degrees this morning. Rotorua's on 17, a bit warmer there. Gisborne, 18. Tauranga, 20. Hamilton's on 18. Auckland's got 20. Uh, Huangarei has 21 degrees and Kayataua has 20 degrees. The short forecast for Northland, Auckland, Coromandel Peninsula, uh, partly cloudy with isolated showers. For Waikato to Taranaki, including the Bay of Plenty in the central high country, mainly fine weather for you fine folks today. Isolated showers becoming widespread for a time this afternoon with thunderstorms possible inland. But otherwise, fine. <laughs> Gisborne and Hawke's Bay and also the Wairarapa. morning rain in Gisborne, otherwise mostly cloudy with isolated showers. Long, fine breaks, though, coming from late morning, uh, but thunderstorms possible inland from the afternoon. So it's going to be warm and muggy and a bit of rain. Need a bit of rain, bit of precipitation to uh, cool you down a bit. There we are. Uh, Wanganui to Wellington, also for Marlborough, uh, generally fine weather. Scattered showers about inland Wanganui and Manawatu this afternoon. For Nelson, Buller and Westland, partly cloudy with isolated showers, turning to rain in Nelson and Buller at night. For Queenstown Lakes and central Otago, mostly fine weather for you. Cloudy uh, in the east is this evening. For Canterbury and the remainder of Otago, also Southland and Fiordland, cloudy periods with one or two showers. For the Chatham Islands, partly cloudy. Uh, looking ahead to Thursday for the North Island showers becoming widespread south of Waikato possibly heavy easing in the evening for the South Island rain and showers on the uh, will rain or showers on the north and west possibly heavy with a few showers elsewhere on Friday in the North Island partly cloudy with isolated showers north of Taihape and early showers for Wellington and Kapiti mainly fine for Hawke's Bay and Gisborne in the South Island on Friday, sa- rain. Rain in the west with heavy falls. sorry. And a few showers in the south, partly cloudy elsewhere with isolated showers. Looking ahead to the weekend and Saturday in the North Island, partly cloudy, a few showers north of Happy. Isolated showers from Wellington and also Horowhenua, Cavity <laughs> Coast. Uh, so I think my friend, um, uh, what's his name, Matt. Matt. Matt will tell me off because Matt's part Maori. He puts he tolerates me. He knows. He just tolerates me. He knows I'm pissed off about the marification of New Zealand. He's a good bloke. I like him. He's, he's a financial contributor. He's a founding member of the of the station. How about that? Ten past seven, too, by the way, as we look at showers on Saturday for the North Island. Partly cloudy. You're going to have them north of Happy these showers. Isolated showers for Wellington. Horohanua. Also, all right, Horohanua, just for Matt. I'll do it for him because he's a contributor. Capity <laughs> Coast. South Island, rain easing for Buller and Nelson. Showers easing in the south and also in the west and mainly fine elsewhere. The long-range forecast for the Chatham Islands, mostly cloudy from Thursday all the way through to Saturday. Chance of a shower on Friday with northerlies strengthening. There we are. That is uh, weather. I'll be back in a moment.
1: For those who
2: crave more than just reading headlines in their social media feeds,
1: people need to wake up. Today's News
2: Talk, TNT Radio. Let's have a look and see what happened on this day in history. Now we covered it just after five this morning on this day. If you're having a birthday today, a very happy day for you. And um, yes, and uh, of course it's the only. This is the um, the only birthday you're going to have at this age. Because uh, I used to be your age once. When I was your age, seventeenth uh, of January, eighteen fifty-three. The Governor General, uh, Governor General Sir George Grey, he issued a proclamation to bring New Zealand's Constitution Act from the UK. 1852, into operation, establishing a system of representative government for the colony. The Act created a General Assembly, an appointed Legislative Council, and a House of Representatives elected every five years by males aged over 21 who owned, leased or rented property of a certain value, and six provinces were elected, the Superintendents and Provincial Councils. By British standards, the property qualification was modest allowing most male settlers to vote. That's right, even if you're a renter. On the 5th of March, Gray issued a further proclamation setting out regulations for registration and voting and outlining the boundaries of the 24 electoral districts, which were given to return 37 general and 87 provincial members. New Zealand's first general election was held between July and October 1853. It took that long as it had gone horse and cart and sail up the coast. Grey was criticised for calling the provincial councils to meet before the General Assembly, giving provincialism a five-month head start on central government. The General Assembly did not meet until the 24th of May 1854, 16 months after the Constitution Act had come into force. So that all happened on this day in history, and I think we can thank George Grey. I think he was a great man. And no matter what the leftists tell us, uh, it's all it's all nonsense. Uh, what they say, they do, they they hate our country, they don't like us, uh, they don't like um, the wonderful history of the European history, they don't like the uh, the British history, and what do they call us? Colonialists or uh, colonists? Just nonsense. And the Marys have got onto it too. And it's a no- it's a nonsense. And really, they shouldn't. Shouldn't do as well. Uh, okay, now we'll go. Um, no, hang on. I was at the Otago Daily Times. We we had a good look at them. Uh, I just hopefully um, should we stay with New Zealand news? Yes, they've got some changes here. Students. So this is RNZ.co.nz. You'll find this. Students so addicted they're vaping in class. According to a principal, there's been a surge in the number of pupils being stood down for vaping and smoking. Better click on that. Better have a read of it. Uh, This report is uh, brought to us by Radio New Zealand, and it's Lauren Crimp. And you can contact her on Twitter at Lauren Crimp. And also you can email her at lauren.crimp at rnz.co.nz. And she says vaping and smoking are bigger issues in primary schools, really, than secondary schools in many parts of New Zealand. Government figures have revealed. Last year, more students in years one to eight were stood down for vaping and smoking. Uh, and smoking, gosh, than those in year 9 to six, to 13, cause, probably because they learn a bit by then, in six out of the ten regions according to the Ministry of Education data. wonder how they got that, probably for the Official Information Act request. The total number of students stood down for vaping or smoking increased almost 19% from 2020 to 23. Why don't you tell us what the figures actually are so that we can actually get a, an idea on it? Because 19% doesn't tell us. I mean, how many were there before then? While the statistics did not separate vaporing and smoking, vaping was the biggest issue. Rotorua's Kaiteo intermediate principal, Phil Palfrey, he said, that's what he said, some students were so severely addicted they would blazingly puff away in classroom, he said. He also went on to say that it, was, uh, it permeated through our schools significantly and has caused for some students' behavioural issues which some of them wouldn't have exhibited previously. He understood. They just came, the little bastards. That's what you do. You get your flipping stick out and give them a wallop across the arse. That'll fix them. You only need a couple of those. You don't want another one. Start off with just giving them two. and if they still haven't learned their lesson, give them four. And six are the best. Goodness gracious. I mean, Jesus took 40 for us, so six won't hurt you. I've never had six. I've only ever had four. I've never been that bad. He understood that the use of vapes as a smoking cessation tool uh, but said that the ef- the effect of making them available to the general public was not thought through. Many Rotary primary and intermediate schools now shared a new vaping policy focusing on educating kids and their parents. It was penned, how- where did they get the money from? We didn't even have enough to buy a Sally Lund. <laughs> that was nice, wasn't it? Remember the Sally Luns? We used to call them Sally Lunds anyway. Yeah, but I have a pint of Sally Lunds and a bottle of Coke, thanks. That's what we used to buy at the tuck shop. <laughs> They should fill us up on... they give us milk, you know, in the morning, a little quart-bottled milk. Um, that was good. That gave us the protein we needed for the day, and then we'd, then we'd go to the tuck shop and we'd buy a whole lot of carbohydrates and eat them, and then we'd be stuffed in the afternoon. We'd be like falling asleep at the desk. And it was penned by Palfrey, and it seems to be working. Principal, this is this new policy. Principals were at their wit's end in the middle of last year with the issues that seemed to die down towards the end of the year, he said. He said, "I could, uh, I could be wrong, but I think a lot of schools have just become better at dealing with it. But they should not have to." He said. So what do we see? Oh yeah, there we are. There's the figures. There, Auckland is leading the the bunch. Almost 800 students there. Uh, year eight, uh, no, year eight. Uh, you've got well, just over 400. And uh, years nine to thirteen. Oh, it looks like there's more. Uh, eight, almost 800. There we are. And uh, so what other areas? Otago and Southland, not very many there. Years 1 to 8, uh, around about 50. And Otago and Southland, year 9 to 13. Uh, looks as though you've got just about 120 there. Where else could we go? Um, I've all these Maori names. Hawke's Bay, uh, they year 1 to 8. These are the vo- vapours and the smokers. Around about 160. Uh, that was, uh, what year, 2023, that's last year. And in the older class group it's nine to thirteen, they are just just over the hundred about a hundred and three people these and these aren 't percentages these are actually the number of kids it 's quite a lot Wellington pretty even all the way through actually from year one to eight they 've got um around about a hundred and sixty five and Wellington about one hundred and fifty five sorry in Wellington and then nine years nine to thirteen about one hundred and fifty five students there. Uh, The stand-down data was a measure of schools' reaction to vaping and smoking behaviour rather than the behaviour itself, the Ministry of Education said. They said the number of these events should not be used as a proxy measure for total student behaviour. Why not? It has indicated principals were concerned. New Zealand Principals Federation uh, President Leanne Otene, she said, she said after educating and working with young people, they really are left with no choice but to take a harder line on it. They do. You just cane the bastards. Cane them and give the girls lines or something. They don't like lines. You can't cane the girls. I don't know why. It just doesn't sit right with me, uh, strapping and caning. Girls, but boys need to go. The Bible, you only look. You're not going to make a liar out of God. The Bible says, "Spare the rod, spoil the child," and it, and it doesn't mean some other rod of correction. It doesn't mean sort of like dis- discipling them. <laughs> I mean, you are discipling them when you hit them with a with a bamboo stick around the ass. <laughs> I mean, it's just sometimes it's just easier just to wallop them, make it sting, make it hurt like hell. They don't want another one, and then they all and it's all over and done with. You know, none of this. Um, go go to your room and all this rubbish. You know, sit stand in the corner and all that rubbish. Because it just goes on and on and on. But when you just give them a good quick wallop, just out in the hallway, out, out, out in the changing rooms there, just outside the class, and the, and let the other class members hear it too, oh, you know, you let them hear it. <laughs> because then they'll know this is what you're going to get if you misbehave in my class, you naughty boy. And the women, they're not strong enough, they realise that, so they march you up to the headmaster or the deputy principal, and he canes your ass for you. And that's how it should be done. And we've got to get back to that, <laughs> but we probably never will. It won't happen until the millennium, but then there'll be, everyone will be good then, I would think. You, w- you wouldn't want to misbehave. Gosh, it'll be the death penalty, because we'll be living in a uh, theocracy, uh, the, a 1,000-year theocracy. Uh, yeah, that's right. It, it, it's going to be theo theos, and it comes this the Greek word for God, and uh, it'll be a theocracy. So we'll, And, and we'll, we'll be visiting Jerusalem every year to pay homage to our Saviour the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will, we'll love him, because he loved us first, isn't that lovely? It is lovely, so there we are, so just cane the bastards, that's the way Grant will fix it, so get me in, uh, when New Zealand First, not New Zealand First, um, uh, New Zealand Loyal, when they get in, um, I want them to make me head of corrections, and head of schools as well, we'll sort it all out, first first of all, you know, get rid of all the leftists, get rid of all the communists that are, that are you know, brainwashing the children, and get them teaching the proper proper things they need to, to be able to read and, and comprehend if you can do that you can learn anything don't worry about math math will come why because you can read a textbook if you can read you can read a textbook on math you can read a textbook on anything get them reading straight away as early as possible and another language too because it helps their English language get them um, learning the phonetic symbols as well so they don't need to ask other people how to pronounce words they just look it up in the Daniel Jones and then they know How to pronounce words properly. Now, the streets have reopened after that suspicious uh, item was identified. It's not concerning at all, according to the bomb squad. Uh, That was, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Gang members charged with a serious assault in Hawke's Bay on New Year's Eve. They've gone and got him. He's in court today. 420,000 litres of partially treated effluent filled into a stream in uh, Queenstown in a swamp be a swamp now, won't it? The wastewater entered the natural swamp after spilling over the top of the oxidation pond at the Shot Over Wastewater Treatment Plant on Monday. And that was because we had they had all that rain down there. Now, Tewatu Utu Ora, which is the New Zealand Health, they hit, some, hit a milestone as a million self-bowel testing kits processed. We'll just eat meat and you'll be fine. Your bowels will be fine. Honestly, it's... A, it's you just got to try it. Try it. Go on, go on YouTube. Give it a go. Um, who would you... Who would you look at first Well, just look at Jordan Peterson he's not silly him and his, uh, him and his um, daughter they've been on it six years they had to i mean they they felt yeah. like they were going to top them it stopped them topping themselves why because you 're feeling healthy you're feeling good and strong you know you're, you're you're down to the weight that you were when you were twenty. Instead of, you know, being overweight, you're building muscle and you've just got the energy to get cracking. But there's doctors online as well. If you go to YouTube, you'll find there's lots of carnivore doctors. And you've got the funny leftists, the cults, you know, that are telling us. And it's usually leftists, some of the young leftists, young communists that tell us uh, that you shouldn't be eating meat and all that. It's all that rubbish. And so wh- whatever, the, whatever the mainstream is saying, it's, gonna, it's a lie. Why? Because we live in a world where it's controlled by Lucifer. He's the God of this world. He's the father of all lies. Why would we believe them? Because why? Because they are the children of disobedience. So we Christians, we don't believe what they tell us. We believe our Bible and, it's just, and, it's, and we have common sense because God has given us a sound mind. That's what the scripture says. If you read the Bible, you'll have a sound mind, and you won't be getting into all this other sort of rubbish that people get into. Which is why I can never join a freedom group or a, a different a freedom group or, or a truth movement because it's their truth. There's all these different truths, but the Bible says, "Thy word is truth." Truth is independent of what you and I think. Truth is independent. The Bible is truth, and you'll find that when the Bible says something, it always comes true. It's twenty-three minutes past seven. Twizel residents urged to get savvy on the wildfire risk. Residents near Twizel are being encouraged to create a neighbourhood map to help reduce the risk of wildfires and a dad trying to calm down his baby in Dunedin was attacked by a man from another car who objected to him having the baby out late at night just silly flipping Karen there getting involved with other people's business. At one o'clock in the morning, the baby couldn't sleep, so he was at his wits end. He he hadn't done Growing good kids, kids God's Way or Baby Wise. If he'd done that, him and his wife, or if he's married or he's on his own, I don't know. Um but I know lots of people that just struggled and couldn't get sleep for over a year. Well, I was one of them. With my firstborn Gabriella, cry you cry all the time and you know, um Um gosh forgot forgotten the wife's name. Uh Wendy, she would go and go into them and then then this old nurse says, Just put the baby down, will you? Just put it down. This older lady, she's about 65, retired nurse. Put the baby down, and just let it cry. And and Wendy listened to her. There's one. I'll tell her, I'll give her that. And then when when Seb came along, we just put him in the room, dark room. He was asleep within a couple of minutes. He cried for a couple of minutes, and that was it. Now this mayor, this funny mayor who writes silly silly um, emails. He says if people were if people were to say this is not language or decorum you expect from a mayor. I would take the criticism on the chin. Well, you have Len Salt. That's him. I think he says you can go and F yourself, but he didn't say it like that. He said it with all the words, I think, all the letters in that one. Now, a lack of oversight of charter schools, uh, student achievement finances, ministry documents reveal former partnership schools – had Major gaps in their monitoring motorcyclist dies in a crash in the Bay of Plenty. Person died at the scene in the crash in, uh, with a car at Murapara. Hey, temporary citizens, I was just saying to my son, looking at him, he's got this souped up 225 um, you know, racing engine um, Vespa type thing. I think it is a Vespa. And with a with a all new gear on, I said, mate, that's a, that. You'll be a temporary citizen. Get rid of it. And you're over 20, and you, I don't know if you tr- you don't trust the Lord Jesus Christ. So you are on thin ice, mate. And so you better get your get your life together, get your faith together, start studying the Bible, find out if it's true or not. Don't just listen to what other people say. This is what Dad's been telling you, but they don't often listen to their father, do they? They do when they're little. They won't they want to hold your hand the whole time. But then when you get old, you get older, you embarrass them. You know, and I, and I have been an embarrassing dad. I mean, I've been learning too, and I've done and said some stupid things. And uh, but that happens. We're all just learning. We have, this, we have only one go at it, don't we? Now, insult to injury, the fares of the Auckland transport, they're going to hike by 6.5%. It's going to go up 40 cents. Oh, we can't afford that, can we? And so there we are. So that's the end of Radio New Zealand News. I'll be back in just a jiffy with a bit more news from another newspaper.
0: And it's, and it's an obvious, obvious attempt to subjugate people in the West to a false ideology and a false version of our own past. So no, I mean, all of the, all of the sort of, the, the combination of the two of these things, the wild distortion of Western history, the negative interpretation of all of Western history, is bad on its own, but combined with this Edenic, Vaseline-lensed interpretation of everyone else, no. No, you might just about get away with one of those things, but not both, and not both at the same time. No way. Grant Edwards, playing today's best country Liberty New Zealand breakfast. The world at five. On 88.1 FM, the wireless.
2: All right, we're still at the Otago Daily Times and uh, I think, yes, we'll go back to them now because they're they're quite good. Um, Shall we have a look at South Island news because we do have quite a few people in the South Island. We'll go down to uh, Dunedin. What should we look at? District Council stuff or crime or campus uh, health? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, We'll just do national. We'll just do a refresh on national and see what they say. I think we might be rehashing it. National saws that's the national party they saw in the first political poll. Voters appear to have warmed to the government over the summer break with the first poll of the new year showing national breaking of the 40% threshold. Former Mayor to replace uh, Garamond in Parliament with the resignation of Golriz Garamond from Wellington uh, Mayor, former Wellington Mayor rather, Celia Wade-Brown. She's set to enter Parliament as the Greens' newest MP. And uh, the uh, suspicious package, we read about that, and road user charges. Oh yes, now EVs, Uh, that's interesting. I'm quite pleased about that, actually. Uh, so it will soon cost close to a thousand dollars a year to drive your Tesla or Nissan Leaf, which is, you know, with the last, with the leftists when they were in the communist, you um, you didn't have those ruck charges. But it looks as though they're going to put ruck charges on petrol as well. Electric vehicles will uh, lose their long term, ex- uh, long time exemption from road user charges. They call it rucks, on the first of April, according to the Minister of Transport. Uh, his name is S- Simeon Brown. He Confirmed that yesterday afternoon. EV owners will be charged $76 per 1,000 kilometers. 76 at the same rate apply to non petrol light vehicles. So, oh, so petrol might still be uh, out, out. It'd be just it'd be good if you could make your own petrol. Oh, I tried making my own diesel yesterday, but I think I put too much petrol in because you can do it. You just use the um, recycled uh, what do you use? Uh, you, you know, you get the recycled um, hydraulic fluid and you just add a bit of petrol to it not too much though like i did and um because basically a diesel motor can run on oil if it's warm enough it's only the viscosity so that's they've got it's got about the right viscosity so you only add, need to add a, a, a smidgen of that and you can run your motor on that i don't know if you can run the new ones on it but i'd run the old digger on it give it a go and i tried it out on the old tractor you know, and I she she puffed and puffed and <laughs> stalled so i've got to have got to bleed the injectors um, that really, that's going to be fun isn't it so I've got the battery on the charger right now. Oh, actually, in the next break, I might go out and flick that charger back on when the sun comes up. Now, EV owners will be charged $76 per 1,000 kilometres. And the essential essential diesel-powered cars, that's the same. Plus an admin fee of $12.44. Uh, that can be paid online. Or if you go into the counter and speak to the lovely people at the VTNZ, or is it the VTNZ or the wherever, you, you know, the testing station, is 1371 over the counter. And you can do a prepaid block of a 1,000 kilometres or more. The transition to RUC is about fairness and equity, and it will ensure that all road users uh, contribute to the upkeep and maintenance of our roads. Very good, irrespective of the type of vehicle they choose to drive. Uh, he goes on to say that the plug-in hybrids are powered by electricity and petrol, uh, who have to pay petrol tax. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, so that's just on the petrol, They don't. they don't pay road user tax. But not the same level as the petrol equivalent vehicles. To ensure that the plug-in, I just think we should all pay road user tax, and have cheaper petrol. That way, uh, people, when you're on the farm, uh, you can you you don't have to pay that tax. Or if you've got a boat, you can be out there, you know, powering around in your boat and not having to pay road user tax. Uh, or you know, generators, that sort of thing, shouldn't be paying any any tax on fuel itself. It should be separate road user charge. I agree. Well, I don't believe in any road user charges. I, I think only commercial vehicles should be paying a road user charge, not us just getting to work. And you can't claim back your expenses for getting to work. It's half past seven too. The previous national government exempted EVs from paying the charge to encourage their uptake. <laughs> yeah, they did. the And then they, they penalised those that had utes that were diesel utes. The exemption was always intended to end uh, when EVs hit around 2% of the light vehicle fleet. But they're getting rid of them, aren't they? Because they're just not working. Uh, And then now at that point, Uh, with the increased uptake in EVs and plug-in hybrids being brought into the RUC, that's the RUC system. This means that these vehicles will now be contributing towards the maintenance and upkeep of our roading system, like all other road users, and will support the government's priority of building and maintaining our roading network. The AA says the average motorist drives 12,000 kilometres per year, which equates to about $912 in RUC. Uh, RUC ruck fees, not including administration fees, which only twelve dollars or thirteen dollars, depending on how you buy it. Both the AA and the MIA, that's the Motor Industry Association, they've raised fears, uh, fears of doubt of double dipping by the Crown in the case of plug-in hybrids or PVE, uh, PHEVs, which could potentially uh, be charged both rucks and petrol tax. Ah, oh, yes, that's There, that's, that's true. Uh, Brown said the concern had been addressed by the lower RUC rates for PHEV, that's plug-in electric vehicles. He said to ensure that the plug-in hybrids avoid paying twice through both fuel uh, excise duty and RUCs, these vehicles will pay a reduced rate of RUC. Owners, it's getting complicated, just have one fee across the whole lot. Uh, owners of the plug-in hybrid vehicles will pay a reduced rate of $53 per 1,000 kilometres so that they're not double taxed when paying fuel excise duty. The partial rate assumes that the average uh, plug-in hybrid would consume uh, petrol at a rate of just um, 3 litres per 100 kilometres. That's pretty good, isn't it? 3 litres per 100 kilometres. Gosh, that's economical. The RUC exemption was um, championed last decade by the then Transport Minister Simon Bridges as a measure to encourage EV ownership, at least until electric vehicles accounted for 3% of the New Zealand fleet. Brown said that the target has now been reached. The, outline, the outgoing Labour government set March 31st, 2024, coming up, as the final day of the exemption. He said yesterday that he would stick to that date. Both the major parties are aware of around $4 billion in revenue as generated each year by RUCs and petrol, with around half of that from the latter, petrol. And the EV maintenance of the RUC, the R- the R- the R- their R- ruck exemption, as New Zealand's fleet electrifies, uh, look, this is nonsense. People are going away from it now uh, because they're just scared of the risk. London, they're taking all the electric buses off the road. Anyway, the crown will be left with a $2 billion hole in its books. Only light EVs, those weighing 3,500 kgs, that's and a half tonne or less, are losing their ruck exemption. Heavy electric vehicles will be hit by rucks. That's why we're getting, they're getting rid of them. Fleets have just said, oh, I've had enough of this. Uh, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, the imposition of rux represents uh, represents the other boot dropping boot dropping for EV sellers. The first was the elimination of the clean car discounts. Very good. That's the ute tax. That's what they called it. That happened on the 31st of December last year. Uh, De- December saw record EV sales as the discount entered its final days. So there we are. That goes on and on. Oh, my gosh. There's screens of it. Screeds of it. Ah, oh, get back there. No, no good. Too much. Too much to read. Twenty-six minutes, and I'm not a very good reader, but I'll do my best. Do my best ploughing through it. MP offers explanation as police visit home. This is the accused shoplifter and former Green Party member, Golriz Garaman She's offered an explanation about why she acted in ways that are completely out of character. <laughs> oh, oh, I'll get ready for a. She she took a while to answer because you know because you need to spin it, don't you? So here we are. She says so she announced her decision to resign from Parliament yesterday. Uh, about seven, that was the day before yesterday, actually, about 17 hours after her third shop lifting allegation surfaced, uh, almost uh, a week after the first accusation was made and she was initially stood down from her portfolios. And she was Justice Minister as well. It also came just after security footage surfaced, uh, appearing to show Ms Garriman at Scotty's Boutique in Ponsonby in Blake Street that's the Ponsby Clothing Store, she's alleged to have shoplifted from on two occasions, allegedly stealing a designer handbag. Four hours after Ms. Garriman resigned, two policemen visited her Grey Lynn home where they received no answer when they knocked on the door. Uh, police have confirmed they were investigating three allegations of shoplifting incidents, two at Scotty's from last month and one from high-end Wellington store, Creative Works. Oh, I think I just called it Creative yesterday, you know, Creative Works. Got an eight in it, though. Create of works dating from October. Now, who said this? Um, Garaman said in a statement yesterday, It is clear to me that my mental health, I'm oh, blaming mental health. Oh, you're going to say she's a kleptomaniac. Absolute BS. You're just a thief. <laughs> That's what you are. You just come and take our stuff. Came in as a refugee and then you're continuing to take our stuff. Uh, She's badly affected by this, and stress relating to my work. Oh, rubbish! You got you—you you lost the election. You haven't got any work to do. <laughs> this has led me to act in ways that are completely out of character. Oh, rubbish! I'm sorry. Well, you should be sorry. You have to go to court, and then you need to go to jail for shoplifting. That's what you need to do. But they won't. They'll let her off. They give her a, give her a slap over the wrist with a over the hand with a. A wet bus ticket, as they usually do. Ms. Garriman made New Zealand history as the first refugee to be sworn in as an MP, arriving in New Zealand as a child asylum seeker with her family from Iran. So the Persians, if you read the Bible, I was talking to John G. yesterday, and he said if you're reading the Bible, it talks about the Prince of Persia and uh, how one of the angels, Michael, I think, had to fight against the Prince of Persia. So they've got so some do- demon over the- over them. And here they are, these are the ones that are rearing the ugly head because they know the time is short. The devils know the time is short. The Lord Jesus Christ is about to return, and all all hell is going to all hell is going to break out on earth just before He returns. It's going to be a terrible time, but He's going to come and sort it all out. Just north of, in the northern part of Israel, in the valley called Medigo, or Jezreel, the valley of Jezreel, where Napoleon stood over it and said, "This is a place. For, this is a fine place for a battle." I say, no, he didn't say it. He said, "Bon, oh, bonso, This is a place for a fine battle." He did there, and he had one hand stuck in his vest there with the Masonic, you know, the Masonic hand. Lots of Masons there were in those days, back in the, the French days. Lots of Masons. In the very beginning of the United States of America, too, was a lot of Masons, but I think they might have been good Masons. I don't know. Could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, in the last year's election, Ms. Garriman was ranked seventh on the Green Party list. Former Wellington Mayor Celia Wade-Brown, she's going to take Garriman's seat. Uh, in Parliament there we are that story is uh, first reported by the New Zealand Herald and I've brought that courtesy of the Otago Daily Times to you today now footage uh, no, we've got some footage oh there's some footage footage has emerged oh there's a video with it maybe we can hear that and give me a rest so I can have a slurp on my coffee Uh, let's see if we can hear it oh yeah there she is there she is let's have a look at this uh, footage see if we've got see if we've got some sound with it's only a minute Minute long, never never loud enough.
17: Colras Gutterman has broken her silence amid shoplifting accusations and has resigned from Parliament. The Green Party MP has been accused of shoplifting from this Ponsonby boutique store on two occasions in December and faces a third accusation by Wellington Store Creative Works. In a statement, she says her mental health has been badly affected by the stress of her work. She says it's Bullshit. led her to act in ways that are completely out of character. She added she wasn't trying to excuse her actions, but wanted to explain them.
2: Of course, cool, ex- She explained a mental me. health
17: professional she sees, says her behaviour is consistent with recent events giving rise to extreme stress response and relating to previously unrecognised trauma.
2: She needs to take that black mask off that she's got there. She looks like um, a Muslim, which uh, she probably is. Uh, got that black mask off sitting there in Parliament, need to whip that off because she's probably breathing her own fumes, her own bacteria, it? send her potty. That's what I think. We'll finish off this. We've got a couple of 15 seconds to go.
17: Green Party co-leaders Marama Davidson and James Shaw said...
2: And Marama Davidson, she's a half-wit. She's the one that yelled out white cis men. And you can thank, thank um, Countessman Media for that report too. That went all over the world, that one did. White cis men, you silly cow
17: it was Claire Gutterman was in a state of extreme distress and supported her decision to resign. Gutterman has not been charged, but police said they received a report of alleged shoplifting at the store on December 23rd.
2: Grant, yeah, that, that wasn't very Christian. I thought you said you're a Christian. You said you called her a silly cow. You don't go calling women cows. No, you're quite right. You don't. You yeah, know, well, forgive me for that, will you? Forgive me for that. But she is, she's a silly Cow, <laughs> stop it, stop it, you naughty boy! I don't know why I why I put up with. it. I don't know how I've stuck with you for so long. Okay, um, all right. Now what are we doing now? We'll go over to uh, st- uh, News Hub, News Hub, and the numbers of New Zealand's complaint. New Zealanders complaining about financial services soars as costs of living crisis put strain on many. Strong headwinds are ahead, according to the United Nations grim economic prediction for New Zealand. Might have a look at that later. Animals, and we are at capacity, according to the SPCA. They're inundated with pets in need of a new home amid the cost of living crisis. Well, why don't you just put the price down? Stop jabbing them with the parvo and all that other rubbish. It doesn't work. (laughs) That actually makes your animals sick. Um, Don't vaccinate your animals. We don't vaccinate any of ours. And even pets, we've got wild cats here, little kittens that we found. And uh, they make lovely pets get them early enough and they're good good uh, at hunting too they keep the bird population down We've got far too many birds flying about the sky and not good for aeroplanes flying around now we can't have birds flying into aeroplanes so it's good to have a pussy to um, keep the keep the kitties down uh, keep the, the birdies down that's what I say uh, yeah, and Grant, Grant knows a thing or two about these and also rats as well they're good ratters uh, I used to have a Danish friend um, Eb uh, they used to eat rats during the Second World War in Denmark. Uh, when the Germans took over there, they hadn't, didn't have enough food to eat, so they ate rats. They taste delicious. You can milk any animal too, by the way. You can even even a mouse, but it's difficult to get the bucket under them. Uh, you, you've, you've you've told that joke so many times. I'm sick of it. Oh, all right, sorry. Now from cyclones, coalition chaos, and the cost of living crisis, News Hub wraps up the big year stories. They've got well, they they're dragging the end of the barrel. That's right at the top there on the front page. That one there has been. I think they've been talking about that since the beginning of the new year. Now we'll move over to politics and the ex-Green MPG defends the party as questions arise over golritz Garaman's saga and the Green Party, very experienced. The former mayor is set to replace Garaman as the Green MP and look back at golritz Garaman's spinning political career left in tatters by shoplifting allegations. Well, We'll go to that one and we'll see how that one sounds. we we'll just take the mute off.
17: I vow to be a constant presence by your side.
0: Estoy oh no. I've
2: <laughs> got to watch this silly Just ad. For hopefully 10 seconds. Or hopefully
17: ever after. <laughs> <laughs> Married First, first Sight Australia, coming up Monday, three. February the 5th.
2: There we are, give them a free ad.
17: Today's resignation by Goldrie Scutterman
18: has left what was a once shining political career in tatters.
0: She was an international human rights lawyer and the first former refugee elected to Parliament. Now she's out. Laura Walters has more.
18: From political asylum seeker to political up-and-comer, <laughs> Gora's Garuman star was on the rise, the first former refugee elected to Parliament. I fight for equality and justice because that is what love looks like in public. Fighting for those without a voice.
2: Love's not stealing from your neighbour, is it, Golritz? And she's a Muslim too, she's got the burqa on.
18: winning voting rights for prisoners.
2: Now, now, what you just heard then, that was all the, the anti-Jew uh, brigade, the so-called pro-Palestinians they are marching in the streets, and she's one of them, from the river to the sea. I think it was um, uh, the other Green Party lady, what's her name, the co-leader, Marima uh, Davidson, is that her name? I think it is. She was calling from the river to the sea, and I think this one, this silly car was as well, calling for that. That means the extermination of all the Jews. There we are.
18: Our system of justice shouldn't be there to take away human rights calling out international human rights abuses. Your regime is committing crimes against humanity. But it hasn't been an easy path.
2: See, that's absolute nonsense. It's not at all. Um, if you're going to use the same numbers, they're saying there's like 23 to 25,000 um, so-called Palestinians, Gazans, that have been killed with the um, Israeli strikes and the army going in to um, get rid of Hamas, get rid of all the terrorists in there. Um, then you, if you use that, uh, that um, sort of crazy logic then you would say if, there were, if they were filming World War II when Britain bombed Dresden and other cities as well and there were more Germans that died during the Second World War than, than German civilians than there were English civilians then you would have to say that Germany was right, wouldn't you? That Germany had the right to invade the world.
18: Mr Speaker, some of them call for rifles to be loaded. It gets frightening. Another level of workplace stress.
11: Gowrie herself has been subject to um, pretty much continuous uh, threats of sexual violence, um, physical violence, death threats since the day
18: she was elected to Parliament. Then, the health issues. About 18 months ago, I was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis.
2: So she's... Well, that's not very good. No, I'm very sorry to hear that, dear. I'm very sorry to hear that. It's not, not good at all. But that's... So therefore, you should resign from Parliament, shouldn't you? Because if you're not well you should resign because if we're going to be paying for you, us taxpayers, we're the one that pay for you to represent us. That's what the House of Representatives is supposed to be representing us, not the United Nations, not the World Health Organisation, not the World Economic Forum. You're supposed to be representing New Zealanders. And if you're going to do that and we've got to pay for it, uh, then you've got to be of sound mind and you've got to be healthy.
18: And I thought it was time I started to talk about that. Once a voice for justice, now government is in trouble with the law.
11: It is clear to us that Ms Gaitaman is in a state of extreme distress. She has taken responsibility and she has apologized. We support the decision that she has made.
2: She hasn't apologized. She's made excuses for her behavior. She's blaming it on what? Stress. This is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Why is it why is it people can't take responsibility for their actions? Wicked actions. She's she's sinned against the New Zealand people. She's sinned against her neighbor. She's sinned against Scotties and creative, whatever they're called, creative works. She's robbed from them. She's stolen from them. And she's supposed to be a leftist communist where where they don't do that sort of thing. supposed to be wonderful, wonderful people. But they're not. She's not. She's an absolute tyrant. Made to resign.
18: She's not the only one facing a loss. Retail crime is committed by anyone. You can't put a face on it and say
4: that's what retail crime looks like.
2: Absolute rubbish. This is Carolyn Young. She is a criminal. That's what she is. She's a suspected criminal anyway. And she, and she needs to be tried in a criminal court and she needs to go to a woman's prison to pay for her crimes.
4: It comes in all different shapes
18: and sizes. COVID-19. The-
2: it doesn't actually. It comes from people that are, that are thieves. That's what it comes from. People that haven't been brought up properly. And she probably thinks that, you know, she's got the right to do it. I would say deep in her mind, that she thinks she's got the right because these wealthy people are just stealing from us anyway. She's got that sort of that victim mentality. That's what I would say.
18: The cost of living crisis. Retailers are doing it tough. 92% of our retailers are telling us that they've experienced theft in the last 12 months and the total cost of retail crime is $2.6 billion a year. Gutterman says extreme workplace stress is behind her out of character behaviour, making her the latest in a growing number of MPs sharing their mental health struggles. These revelations raise further questions about the toll this job takes, especially for those who are the targets of threats and abuse. Former Justice Minister Kitty Allen was the MP most recently facing criminal charges. She resigned her seat following a car crash later talking about her experience of extreme mental distress during that time. Garmin too will be held accountable.
6: Having a, a, a mental illness or
18: mental distress does not excuse you for uh, criminal actions.
2: That's right, Sean. That's absolutely right.
18: But she also needs support. Anybody who is...
2: No, she doesn't. She needs to go to jail. That's what she needs to do. She needs to go be tried in a criminal court and end up spending some time in a woman's prison.
11: In that situation where they were being threatened and abused like that, it would affect their mental health. There's just absolutely no doubt about that. A devastating end. In this case,
2: oh rubbish! Harden up, there. Yeah. Harden up. Men, men are soft on you anyway. Men are soft. The other, the other ones out there, they're very, very soft on you. On all of you females that are in in Parliament, which you shouldn't be anyway, because none of you can be conscripted legally into to go have to fight, even if you don't want to. Conscription means that you have to go and fight and shed your blood or die on a battlefield. And so none of you, none of you women, should be in any position. You shouldn't be allowed to vote because. You could end up getting into power, you could end up voting in people that send our young men, our young boys off to fight in foreign countries, and you can't be conscripted. You can end up you know, volunteering, but you can't, be, you can't be conscripted against your will to go and fight in a foreign land for your country. So therefore you, don't, you should not have the right to be able to vote, and you should not be in Parliament. No women should be in Parliament.
11: We've got an MP that has clearly paid a high price for um,
18: slipping up. And another blow for the Greens. Oh, the Rubbish. Green party now
11: has had two MPs that have uh, suffered uh, downfalls from. Oh, their, Bryce, uh, Rice Edwards. Yeah, issues
18: of
6: integrity,
11: basically.
18: Now a time for reflection for all political parties. There's going to be raised questions oh,
2: about whether some demographics
11: oh, are most than me. others, and whether that. Plays a part in the explanation for what's gone on here. Um, others will see that camp as a cop
18: out. Gutterman will find a future beyond politics, but for now, some time away from the public eye. Laura Walters, <coughs> News Hub.
2: All right, Laura. Oh, what a load of rubbish! Just making excuses for bad behaviour. Uh, that's how I see it, anyway. Anyway, just nonsense. Anyway, um so um we've got some crime now. I'll give you some crime news. Cheer you up on the way to work. It's coming up to uh, nine minutes, too. Ten to at the moment. Ten to ten. No, not ten to ten. That's cowboy time, isn't it? Ten to ten to ten, 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 ten. Ten to ten ten ten. I wish you'd just shut up and get on with it. People don't want to hear it. They just want you to hear the, read the news. I like it when you just read the news. But when you go on and start talking about women and shouldn't be in politics and that sort of thing... It's just pisses people off, so just stop it and read the news. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Thank you, nigger. You are older than me, so I should obey your elders, shouldn't you? I just cried. This is Christchurch crime. I just cried and cried. American tourist fan destroyed by rude and angry Kiwi. Oh, better go, better go and have a look at that. This is in crime. just come out an hour ago. It's Melanie um, Melanie Watson. She's, she's quite good, I think, good reporter. For the first time
18: since 2006,
2: I beg your pardon. I thought they were going to play an ad. Here we go.
18: Well, for the first time since 2006, direct travel between the United States and the South Island is back. United Airlines inaugural San Francisco to Christchurch flight touched down just after nine this morning, donning the nickname "Kiwi Cruiser" alongside fern to mark the occasion. The service is set to run three times a week over the summer months. Captain Mark Champion says it was special being part of the maiden. Is it a real
2: name?
11: It is the first time to Christchurch, not my first time to the South Island. You know, it's very exciting. There's always a lot of fanfare involved, and the challenge is always staying focused on getting out on time, operating the flight safely, but there's an awful lot of fun that happens along with it.
2: Mark, isn't it? Can you see how they yanks? They can string a sentence together. What the heck's wrong with us? Why can't we do that? It's seven minutes to uh, eight. I'll be over soon. I could go another four hours.
18: Two. According to Christchurch Airport, the seasonal service will bring in $32 million of visitor spending to the South Island alone.
2: Good on them. They could do with uh, a bit more, um, a bit of cash after what they've been through. Been through a lot, haven't they? Uh, no, yeah, they have. They had that, that shit in the water <laughs> in Queenstown. That, that stuffed them up. Lockdown's begged everybody up, ruined so many businesses. Anyway, uh, that is that story there. Now we've got all sorts of things happening. Gosh, have I got a virus? Have I got a virus on the computer? I don't know. I hope not. Seven minutes to, and uh, we're back with it. Should we do environment? No, blow that. Crime. There's no excuse. People caught drink driving. I agree. I agree. My brother and sister were involved in a serious car accident. A drunk driver hit them in 1970. And um, my sister had a uh, fractured skull. She'd been in a coma for three and a half months. And my brother was very badly injured as well. With his legs broken, hips. He's had about three hip revisions now. My older brother, Trev. And um, yeah, and now Valerie, is um, she's in a retirement village uh, because, you know, she just, you had to have both knees done. She had a terrible time, actually. It's not fair. Drunk driver. What did he get? Nine months cancellation and $150 fine. Anyway, a drunk driver was caught speeding 140 kilometres per hour in a Kiwi town. Just no excuse for it. Uh, that's in crime. Two more, one burgl- well, two-for-one burglary arrest at the vape shop break-in that leads to discovery in a nearby car. Uh, very small, I might have to go and read them, shall I? All right, go and read. we we'll read that drunk driving one, shall we? It uh, doesn't look like it's a video, hopefully not. Four drivers in Nelson have lost their licences. They should go to prison. 140 kilometers per hour, take the keys off them, impound the car and sell it at a police auction, and put them in jail for six months. Police said that the drivers were caught driving at speeds of more than 140 kilometers per hour, 40 kilometers above the posted speed limit. Anyone caught driving 40 kilometers above the speed limit has their license suspended instantly. Of course, they had the car taken off them as well, and you have to walk home. No, you get arrested and you're thrown in a cell for the night. Police sell. In the jails, the police jails—they're not nice. (laughs) Apparently, smells of piss and poo. (laughs) Even the air you breathe smells like feces. Now, the vehicles were among seven that police caught at high speed on the uh, on the Wakakoo. Is it Wataku? Wataku? wataku, Or you'd say Fakatutu? Sounds disgusting. I think it's swearing. Uh, doc, uh, the drive, rather, that's Whakatoo Drive. Within an hour on Sunday evening, Inspector Hamish Chaplin of Tasman said the driving behaviour has concerned police. He said one recent operation, seven motorists were found to be driving with excess breath alcohol, uh, while many have been caught using cell phones and operating target area. Well, we're not worried about that at the moment. Uh, I mean, you change the you change the dial on the radio, and the, I don't think, I think that's worse. Um, texting and changing the dial on the radio are two dangerous things even changing gears <laughs> can be dangerous on a floor shift that's why we had column shifts in the old days you can keep your head up see what's going now the impact it's a good word to choose I think some of these writers are clever who's this writer? some of them are clever uh, they love I love puns and um, Edward de Bono said that if you understand puns if you get puns you're high intelligence So it must be high intelligence anyway so Hamish what does he say? He said, one operation, seven motors a year, we've got that. He said, we're urging motorists to think about their lives, their careers, their travel, their opportunities, and think about other people they could kill on the road. The impact of being caught drink-driving or travelling at a dangerous speed can have effects on you that you can't anticipate. He said, ask yourself what you'd say to the person's family if you're poor driving behaviour, that's a nice way to put it. If you're shocking driving behaviour, if you're pissed and driving at speed, you're just an idiot. And uh, who is it now? Um, Jordan Peterson talked about that, drinking and driving. You, I mean, you know it's dangerous, but you do it anyway, uh, according to him. I think I've got something on that. Anyway, I want to I want to play you this thing on victimhood as well, because I think that's what a lot of the leftists and a lot of, some of the Maori activists, they, they have this... Um, Victimhood mentality. Anyway, he says there's no excuse for drink driving, and I'd absolutely agree with him. So let's have a listen to this thing on victimhood. This is this is how you can brainwash people into making them believe that they are victims, and this is what's going on within um, some areas of marriage. Not all, because there's a lot of amazing Maori people out there, very successful, great entrepreneurs, and I know a lot of them, and uh, they want to be one people with us. Like Dame Fina Cooper said, she said, we are one people, that's who we are. And the Maoris were trying to divide us, not all of them, Just some of them, some of those ones down in the wasp nest. They did
19: an experiment with a group of women and they put scars on their faces and they told these women that they're going into a job interview and the purpose of the experiment is to find out whether people with facial disfigurements face discrimination. Uh, They showed them the scars in the mirror. The women saw themselves with these scars and as they led them out of the room, they said, we're just going to touch it up a little bit. And as they touched it up, they removed the scarring completely. So the women went into the job interview thinking that they are scarred, but actually being their normal selves. And the result of the experiment is that those women then came back reporting massively increased level of discrimination. Indeed, many of them came back with comments that the interviewer had made that they felt were referencing their facial disfigurement. And this is why I think this ideology of victimhood is so dangerous, because if you preach to people constantly that we're all oppressed, then that primes people to look for that.
2: Yep, there you go. See, that's how it happens. You can brainwash people, it primes them, and that's what's been going on in with, um, with, some of the Marais around the country, uh, with Maori and also the leftists, they're all primed that they're, um, you know, they're victims. Um Marima, go, 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 go Marima. She's um, she's pretending she's a victim. She's not a, she's not sorry at all. She's like um the one that dobbed Jesus in what's his name? Judas. He was sorry for himself, that's why he went and hung himself. He was sorry for himself. He wasn't uh sorry that he betrayed his friend, Jesus. He was sorry for himself, sorry that he got caught probably. Um I don't know. There'll be more. There'll be experts out there that'll probably correct me on that. Now, an early morning burglary of a vape store in one Onehunga, or Onehunga, <laughs> Onehunga, <laughs> Onehunga. I think you say it like that if you're going to pronounce it properly. I probably should pronounce Mary words properly. Yeah. Or well, you could argue that they don't pronounce English words properly, do you? But not all of them. Some of them are fantastic. I mean, gosh, we've got... But just teach English properly. We need, we need to do that. We need to teach English. We need to teach children how to speak properly, how to read, how to comprehend. That's the most important thing, getting them reading so that they can learn stuff. Now, um, this early morning burglary of a vape store in Onihanga, uh in Auckland, has led to an additional arrest of the owner of a nearby car. Police received reports of a burglary on a vape store in Mount Smart Road before 2 o'clock on Tuesday morning and quickly responded. The two office, uh, the two offenders, <laughs> officers, offenders, <laughs> Freud, Freudian slip, uh, they were uh, still inside the store and were apprehended, but that wouldn't be the only bust that they made at the scene. Auckland City East's Re- Relieving Area Prevention Manager, uh, Acting Inspector, gosh, that's a title, isn't it? Acting Inspector David Mays, David says that the the initially it was reported that the vehicle had been used to gain entry to the store. It's a smash and grab. However, upon closer inspection the staff at the scene confirmed the nearby vehicle had not been used to enter the store, but there was something else in that car. Mays said that they recovered a quantity of methamphetamine, that's P, isn't it? From inside the vehicle. In the in the as well as cash. Uh, the 44-year-old man has now been fa- facing charges of possession of methamphetamine uh, with the intent to supply because of the chance search. And they're allowed to do that now. They're allowed to search uh, because they've suspected you've committed a crime. And I think they're allowed to do that before they passed the new one anyway. Acting Inspector Mace said inquiries into the burglary were ongoing and he uh, and then he's going, I'd like to, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then it's just a PR thing for the, camp, for the police, isn't it? Yeah, PR thing. OK, so there we are. Now, we'll go. I'll just have a quick refresh on News Hub, and we'll look at the top story. So the latest news is the housing market sees an upward mo- uh, momentum as the average property values rise again, according to CoreLogic. Uh, Blacksticks women see Paris Olympics dream end with a devastating loss to the United States. Two planes collide in Japanese airport Oh, my goodness, we better go back to that. Republican candidate set sight on the New Hampshire after Trump record win in Iowa. And something he's always dreamed of, Wales star Rees Zamet. he quits rugby for American football. Now, let's go back to those two planes colliding that's just come through um, within the last hour. And uh, we could hear the report, but we won't. I'll read it up to you there. You have to put up with me because they've got ads. Uh, Two aircraft belonging to Korean Airlines... Uh, opens new tab. What? Oh gosh, is that supposed to say that? Opens new tab. And, and Cathay. Yeah, it is. That's a mistake. And Cathay Pacific Airlines. They clipped wings. Oh, that's all right. At the new Chitose Airport in Japan's northern island of of Hokkaido. <laughs> that was on Tuesday, amid wintry conditions. Uh, a North Korea, uh, not a North Core- a Korean air official, has said the Korean Air flight uh, had uh, 289 passengers and crew members on board, according to the airline. Uh, Japanese media reports had conflicting information on whether passengers were on board the Cathay Pacific aircraft. Cathay Pacific Airways could not immediately be reached for comment. An airport spokesman said the airport received a call about the incident shortly after 17:30, which is 5:30 local time. That's um, 8.30 in the morning, Greenwich Mean Time on Tuesday. The Korean Airlines Flight 766 bound for Seoul and the Cathay Pacific Flight 5, eight. I don't know, if, why do we have to know the numbers? Uh, red, uh, that was heading to Hong Kong, were next to, uh, to each other at the gates. The incident happened when the towing car, towing car, they towed them out, which was uh, pushing the Korean, pushing or pulling, It'd be pulling, it was towing, Gosh, get it, right? Towing the Korean's airline. Oh, maybe it was reversing it. Maybe it was pushing it back. It was pushing it... Pla- oh, it was backwards. I should just shut up and read. Just shut up. Read it. And stop putting your opinion in. Okay. Uh, the incident happened when the towing car, uh, which was pushing the Korean air- aircraft backwards ahead of departure, slipped due to snow on the ground leading the airplane's left wing to clip the Cathay Pacific plane's right tail wing, the Korean Air official said. More than 80 domestic and international flights departing the arrival in Chitos Airport have been cancelled due to the bad weather on Tuesday, uh, the airport spokesman also went on to say. Uh, So that's a nothing, isn't it? So what was the headline that got me down that track? Uh, they collided. It sounded like mid-air collision, didn't it? Two planes collided at Japanese airport. It sounds like it sounds terrible. It sounds like last week, or the week before. That one with the with a five where five people were killed on board. That um, uh, what was it? A um, Coast Guard plane um, hit another plane, a JAL line. There it was as well. And uh, so something you always dreamed of. This is the uh, if sports. we have done crime. What else have we got here? Environment. Plague of insects as number... uh, uh, Oh, I went right through the news. Oh, you idiot. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, well, look, thankfully, thankfully, I do have some news for you. i better go because I'm rabbiting on here and uh, getting right into the news, aren't we? Uh, I do have some news for you. I've got the latest from Sky News, so I'll leave you with that. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning at... um, What time will I I see you at? Five o'clock, as usual, tomorrow morning. Morning. How about that? Let's do that tomorrow morning.
0: 88.1 FM. The Wireless.